Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the September 19th, 2023 meeting of the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Fund. Before we begin, please join us as we re recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you for that. For those of you uh, online or um, in cyberspace or on TV or looking for the select board, uh, the intention is to have, a, have this public hearing for an hour and a half, perhaps, uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, and then go into the select board meeting after that. So uh, we will start now with the Governor Stoughton Trust. Um, we have a, a large crowd in attendance here and some people online. So let me begin with just a, a brief summary of what the Governor Stoughton Trust is. The Governor William Stoughton Trust is a private charitable trust subject to General Laws, uh, General Law uh, 203E of the Massachusetts Uniform Trust Code. The Governor William Stoughton Trust is not a part of town government and it is not a trust holding public assets. It is a private entity for which the members of the select board serve as the trustees pursuant to Governor Stoughton's will. Um, the Governor Stoughton uh, Trust owns approximately four acres of land on Governor Stoughton Lane here in Milton. There is a draft request for proposal for affordable housing for that four acre property that the trustees have sent to the Attorney General's office for review. Tonight, the trustees of the Governor Stoughton Trust are holding this forum in the nature of a public hearing to hear from our neighbors, both those who may be abutters and those who may live elsewhere in Milton, about that approximately four acre um, uh, tract of land and the draft proposal for affordable housing. Now, quick background on the Governor Stoughton Trust and this four acre plot of land, and I'm going to try to go through 320 years of history in about a minute and a half. <laughs> Um, on July 6th, 1701, Governor William Stoughton, uh, and this is interesting to me, may not be, but just give me 30 seconds. Governor William Stoughton of, quote, Dorchester in the county of Suffolk within His Majesty's province of Massachusetts Bay in New England acknowledged, quote, the frailty of this life and by the growing decay and infirmities of my old age, and he made his last will in testament. Included in that will was the following. And to the town of Milton, I give out my great wood lot, their 40 acres, to be conveniently and equally laid out to them. The whole improvement thereof to be for the benefit of the poor of that town, as the selectmen thereof judge, shall judge best. Now, in 1896, that 40 acres became 34 acres because the Commonwealth of Massachusetts took six acres uh, for the purpose of roadways and boulevards near the Blue Hills. In the late 1700s or the early 1800s, the property came to be used as a town farm for the benefit of the poor in the town of Milton. In the 1800s, several buildings and structures were built on the property for the benefit of the poor, including what was called an almshouse, a men's almshouse, a stable, and a pest house. Those buildings and structures were used by the poor of the town of Milton for both shelter and for making a common living. In 1941, the direct use of those buildings and structures by the poor of the town of Milton had ceased. Thereafter, the structures were rented out by the Governor Stoughton trustees, and the rental income was deposited into a fund called the Governor Stoughton Tr uh, Fund. Uh, 
In 2011, the Board of Selectmen at the time, and the Governor Stoughton trustees, concluded the rental of the buildings and structures was not adequately providing for the needs of the poor in Milton. The trustees voted to declare the property available for disposition and issued requests for proposal for lease or sale of the property. The selected proposer was Pulte Homes of New England. Pulte Homes developed the 30 acres into a single family community, and the remaining four acre, acres were left to remain under the ownership and control of the Governor Stoughton trustees for future development. Now, uh, because this is a private charitable trust, the trustees need to work with the Attorney General's office and to bring an action in probate court to apply the doctrine of deviation in order to sell or lease the property. The probate court approved the sale of those 30 acres to the Pulte Homes of New England in January 2014. Now over the last several years, there have been, there's been much public discussion at, uh, at uh, meetings of the Affordable Housing Trust, the Governor Stoughton meetings here, uh, the select board meetings about how to develop that remaining four acre parcel, including whether to include affordable housing as part of that development. Most recently, on August 8th, 2023, after several discussions with the Affordable Housing Trust representatives, the Governor Stoughton trustees voted to send a request for proposals to develop affordable housing on that remaining uh, four-acre parcel to the Attorney General's office for review. That request for review is now pending with the Public, Charity Div uh, Public Charities Division of the Attorney General's office. And that is why the trustees are conducting this public hearing to listen to the neighbors about what they think about this four acre property and about this draft request for proposal. So um, again, this is not a, a public hearing for the purposes of town government, but we agreed that we would conduct this in the nature of a public hearing. Now, uh, we have a policy for that, and uh, the way we generally conduct it is to send out notice beforehand. Now, the, we didn't send out a, um, we didn't mail notices because that cost money. And the, Governor Stoughton trustees don't have money other than to, to use it for the poor. So we tried to get it out on social media, free media, through uh, neighborhood associations. And judging by the crowd we have here tonight, that was quite successful. Um, and under our policy, the chair of the board presides at this hearing. And um, in, in terms of the process, um, uh, the process for comment is citizens would be uh, recognized by the chair. Their remarks should be addressed to the chair and must be germane to the topic. And um, we want to assure that all who wish to uh, speak get a chance to speak. And so the chair will make a reasonable effort to recognize persons who have not yet commented during the hearing before recognizing persons who have already spoken. Now, the timing. Um, we've generally allotted about an hour and a half for this. Um, it could be less, could be more. Uh, we don't want to cut people off. If you could confine, confine yourselves to five or 10 minutes, that would mean more people get a chance to speak. Um, so, uh, but, but please feel free to uh, take as much time as you need, but uh, you know, try to recognize uh, your neighbors uh, and the need for your neighbors to speak as well. Uh, so um, we have uh, three speakers, actually four now, who came to us before the hearing, and so, I, and they're from the uh, they're from um, the neighborhood associations and the butters. So if if it's all the same to the trustees, I'd like to recognize them first. One is um, um, 
the uh, Milton Woods Homeowners Association, uh, Maggie Wilson. One is uh, Megan D'Antonio, but she can't be here tonight. So in her stead is uh, Wendy Foley, uh, and, and she's in a butter, and she would be um, followed by Mike Shumay, who is also in a butter, and they have some pictures to show us. And then finally, uh, we've had a reach out from uh, Richard Williams, who's the head of the uh, condo association at Quisset Brook. I don't know if Mr. Williams is here, um, uh, but oh, that's, that's it. So Mr. Williams, if you want to get up and speak uh, as one of the first four, uh, you're on the docket. And then we'll open it up to everyone after that. So, uh, so uh, I think um, by draw of lots, uh, Ms. Foley drew and lost. So, so, she, <laughs> so she gets to go first if she still wants to. And then we might go to Ms. Wilson and, uh, no, actually Mr. Shumay after Ms. Foley, and then Ms. Wilson and then Mr. Williams if that, and then we'll open it up. Is that good with everyone? Sure. All right, great. Thank you. So my name is Wendy Foley. I, with my family, live at 90 Governor Stoughton Lane. We have been residents of Governor Stoughton Lane. Oh, microphone. <laughs> As if you can't hear it. Okay. The, the, the television audience has to hear you. So. All right. Well, where's the marquee? All right. So my name is Wendy Foley. I reside at 90 Governor Stoughton Lane with my family. We've been residents there for the past seven years. There's been a lot of change over those seven years, some certainly for the better, some certainly for the worse. I want to be perfectly clear for those who are taking notes. Um, I want to be emphatically clear. I'm pausing for dramatic effect, okay? <laughs> I am not here to make this a political conversation about affordable housing or a 40B project. What I am here to do today is to show evidence that there are significant issues in our part of Milton Center that impact not only Governor Stoughton Lane, but also the abutting neighborhoods. The biggest reason is the water drainage problem. As many of you who may travel can't add a thing you notice. Water drains down Governor Stoughton Lane, which at the bottom is a hill. When the temperature freezes, so does the bottom of Governor Stoughton Lane, and it causes quite a slippery slope for traffic of Governor Stoughton Lane that also includes the public animal shelter and all of the volunteers who care for those animals in residence at the time. So we have to be mindful of that. Also, we need to conduct a study before any future development of any kind is done at these four acres that we're here to learn about in greater detail. Upon that study, we need to understand the findings of that study and what impact it's going to have for all of the properties that abut these four acres in question. Also, we need to address by engineers that have the expertise to interpret and recommend solutions for that. As I noted, one of the biggest things that we are all impacted by is the rising water table. Those of us who live along Governor Stoughton Lane over the past several years, the water table continues to grow. And I have pictures that if 
the Mr. Milano could share for the people at, around me. I also have printed photos. This photo, which we can pass around, is of our home, 90 Governor Stone Lane. Any and all of you are welcome to come, by the way. And this is a pond that does not normally exist, but does exist when there are rings. And you can see from this photo, we have ducks in residence children that are not welcome. <laughs> that being said, we are at 90. Our neighbors on either side of us have gone to great expense to remediate the situation by, by putting in drainage systems, which sadly are failing. So I also have here photos. So that's our home, 90 Governor Stoughton Lane. You're welcome to come by anytime. It's that home is named Dysfunction Junction. I'll be able to try to embrace this chaos. This is beyond reproach. We've hired civil engineers, we've hired landscapers, and no one has a solution. All right. I also have additional photos. This house with the red barn was recently painted gray, so I don't want anyone to accuse us of misrepresenting. This was just painted in the last week. This is 80 Governor Stoughton Lane. You can see from these photos that they're experiencing the same amount of flooding. And then as you go down our street, this is impacting every single parcel of land along Governor Stoughton Lane. Also, we have pictures here of another neighbor's home who has spent many, many thousands of dollars to remediate the drainage problem, which has yet to be successful. You can see that all of our yards abut. And in the next photo, sir, up, oh, keep going. Here you can see this is between two neighbors' lots. Without floaties, we could navigate from wing yard to the other. Next photo, please. Here you can also see that there are ongoing water issues. This is not unique. This is not a one-time occurrence. You can drive by any time it's raining and you'll see voluminous water. Next photo, please. This one. You can see, like our home, this home also has tried to remediate this by putting in drains in the yard. And you can see that because of the change in the water table, the ground can absorb the water. So the water also comes up through these drains that are designed to alleviate. And it just has ongoing effect. So again, before we move forward with any type of development in this area, these issues need to be addressed. And I think some of my friends and neighbors are gonna comment on other issues, but if we had more time, we could further explore the impact it has on the wildlife in the community and the growing coyote problem that is impacting all humans in these neighborhoods. Anything for me? Any questions, for comments for Ms. Fuller? 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, I was just wondering, thank you for bringing the pictures and for coming up today. Um, has this been going on the whole time? Has it been getting worse or so what have to you be, noticed? Again, to be completely and perfectly honest, we've lived, I, my husband's somewhere in the back. He could tell you to the day um, that we moved, but it's been approximately seven years. Mm -hmm. There has been water issues since the day we moved in. Thank goodness it hasn't seeped into our basement yet. However, since development has been done in the last seven years, it has impacted the yards and many of the basements of the existing homes. Okay, thank you. Any other questions or comments? Thank you, Ms. Fall. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I believe uh, Mr. Shumay wanted to come up next, and then we'll go to Ms. Wilson and Mr. Williams, and then we'll open it up. How are you doing? Good. Um, so I, I think I could be just, um, uh, just so we know for the record, just introduce yeah. yourself and your address, Mr. Shumay. Yeah. Um, so Michael Shumay, uh, I live on 40 Governor Stoughton Lane. Uh, in Milton with my uh, my wife and, and two kids. Um, and so, you know, I'm here to really specifically speak about um, a couple things, but the, one of the more important things is safety uh, for, you know, our kids and the kids on the street, and also just talking about the depth of the road uh, and why that might be a problem should we, you know, increase traffic by call it 50 to, you know, 70 cars, which is about a 300% increase um, in traffic for the street. Um, you know, one of my biggest concerns is there are a couple choke points on the street. And if you actually, if you bring up uh, the pictures that um, we had sent to you, I can show you kind of where those are. And it's, there's more than one. There's a couple that are, you know, at the front of the road as you pull on. And frankly, it makes it hard to pull on the road if someone's pulling out and somebody's pulling in. Um, and then as you move up the road, and this is, you know, a good example. This is actually, I believe, right in front of uh, our neighbor Ann's house who has a daycare also um, right there and you know we went out and took a look at this and you have about in between 14 and 16 feet um, from the telephone pole to uh, just the end of the street on the opposite side uh, and that's a huge problem right because typically you would have at least 10 feet um, for you know each side of the street I think 24 would be ideal but also understand you don't always get that um, I actually think potentially for the Pulte development, they had to get a variance to go underneath 10 feet. Um, so we're already living with multiple choke, po choke points on this street that are between 14 and 16 feet of depth. And so when you're driving down, if there's a car coming the other way, you actually have to, you have to pull off. Somebody has to slow down, pull to the left, pull to the right, and you have to let that person pass. And so my concern is if we increase traffic by 300% or there's you know 60 to 70 additional cars here, that's gonna create not only a nightmare from a traffic standpoint, but there's safety concerns that I think everybody on the street has. Currently, there's, there's no sidewalk. Um, and I think that you know, one of the considerations that you know, if this thing was, was to move forward, one of the considerations we would want any developer to have is if you're gonna widen the street to hopefully 20 feet, um, we also would wanna see a sidewalk, right? There's about 18 to, to 20 kids just on Governor Stoughton Lane. My kids are, you know, I have two kids under three years old. There's obviously a daycare uh, right there that has, you know, 10 to 15 kids on average um, that are outside. There's, it's fenced off and whatnot, but even still, 
Uh, and then the bus stop to go to the schools is at the bottom of the street. And so you have kids walking from Milton Woods, from Governor Stoughton Lane, down the street to the bus stop, and no sidewalk, right, which we would love to have now. We understand that, you know, that may not happen at this time. But if, if a developer is going to come in and put, you know, 35 plus units at the end of the street, increase traffic flow, there needs to be safety uh, that is factored into this. And I think that's one of the, the largest concerns that we have, you know, in this project. Um, you know, as, as Wendy alluded to, there's obviously storm stormwater runoff issues. And I just don't know how you're going to access this development other than through Governor Stoughton Lane. And as of right now, you can't even pull up this street to turn a bus around. And so are they going to back 53 foot trailers down this street to get to the development? Because that's also a safety concern. Um, and so I think what, what matters to us is that if this is done, it should be done the right way, which means widening the street uh, to 20 plus feet, adding a crosswalk. And I think without that, there's, you know, whose liability is it? That's a concern. And, you know, at that point, it becomes about protecting, you know, the people that are on the street and, and you know, advising and, and getting the right counsel um, to, to move forward here. So I just want to raise those issues just because I think is, you know, all the neighbors here have discussed, um, you know, safety is a is a big concern here. and We do not have the width on the street to, you know, to take on additional traffic. And I also don't know how you would expand it because I know those those traffic poles, you know, as soon as you move them one way to the left or to the right, you know, you start encroaching on other other people's land. Um, so I just want to raise those as, as those are some of the bigger concerns that, that we have. Thank you, Mr. Schmay. Comments or questions? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, let me just make sure. No. Oh. Oh, he's got it. Okay. I was checking for Richard. Um, all right. Uh, Ms. Wilson uh, from the Milton uh, Woods Homeowners Association. So I'm Maggie Wilson, <clears throat> and I live at 21 Woodlot Drive. And first of all, I wanted to thank you all, the select board and the trustees, for all the work you do for our town. I'm becoming intimately familiar with that as I kind of get up to speed with all of this, so thank you. As select board members, you have to advocate for certain town initiatives, and as trustees, you have to advocate for the trust, the Governor Stoughton Trust, and you have to manage those assets with a fiduciary duty. Uh, you were alluding to all of this before. So I respect that position and that duty. In my personal professional life, I act as a professional fiduciary and I manage numerous trusts and foundations. So I have you know, a pretty deep understanding of the fiduciary duty that you all have. So thank you for all the work that you do. I also wanted to thank Mr. Milano because I've had excessive requests for information over the past couple weeks on this topic and you've been very, very helpful, so thank you. Um, it's evident from the agendas and the meetings and the court filings and the recordings that there is a lot of history here, just like you said. Um, you, as well as the trustees before you, have been discussing this land for many years. Um, and there is one question that keeps coming up again and again that I keep seeing, and it's the question, is affordable housing an appropriate use under this trust document? The document states, as you said, that the land be used for the poor of Milton in perpetuity. There have been strong arguments made over the years 
including on this board, that affordable housing is not an appropriate use under the terms of the document. In 2018, the Affordable Housing Trust made a request to the trustees for half of the $5 million town farm sale proceeds. In an April meeting, the trustees discussed that request. And again, the question was asked, is affordable housing an appropriate use under this trust document? The trustees at that time sought legal advice on that question from town council and the attorney general. And ultimately, the trustees denied that request because it was not an appropriate and best use of the funds. There are shortfalls with this current RFP in the context of the funds being used for the poor of Milton. The RFP proposes an apartment complex that one, won't exclusively benefit Milton residents, and two, will be at a price point well above lowest income levels. By definition, affordable housing benefits people with 80% of average median income. It does not benefit the extremely low income levels that you would equate with the poor of Milton. So my question to you is, why are you not exploring other options for the land? Why is it only affordable housing? I do not see how this particular project helps the poor of Milton. I do see how this project helps the town fulfill its target for affordable housing. But the town doesn't own this land. And the Affordable Housing Trust does not own this land. The trust, the Governor Stoughton Trust, owns this land. And as the trustees, you have the duty to determine the best use of this property in terms of the greatest benefit to the Governor Stoughton Trust. In 2009, the trustees sought an appraisal of the land to determine the best use in terms of the benefit to the trust. The report determined that the highest and best use of the property was to sell it. That's what the trustees did. They sold the land to Pulte, and the $5 million of proceeds have been helping the poor of Milton ever since. It supports the Milton Residence Fund, the food pantry, and other initiatives. So why are you not looking at a similar option now? Just last week in your meeting on Tuesday, viable alternatives were discussed. Ms. Musto, you brought up, where is the status of submitting the business plan for the animal shelter to remain in its current location? Where is that with the Attorney General? It has not been submitted, why not? Mr. Wells mentioned the private donor that we've all read about in the Milton Times that has offered $2.5 million for the animal shelter. And on Tuesday, Mr. Mr. Wells mentioned that the donor would be interested in answering an RFP to buy the land. Why is that not being explored? So in close, I will just pose the same question again. Why is the sole option that you are pursuing for this land affordable housing only? Why are other options that have already been deemed more beneficial for the trust being ignored? 
As fiduciaries, you have the duty to evaluate all the options in the context of what creates the largest benefit for the Governor Stoughton Trust. And I'm asking you to honor that duty. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Comments, questions? Thank you, Ms. Watson. Thank you. All right, uh, Mr. Williams from Quisset Brook. Good evening. I'm uh, Richard Williams. I'm the uh, president of uh, the Quisset Condominium Corporation. For those of you who don't know where Quisset is, it is uh, bordered by Governor Stoughton Lane, Canton Ave, Unquity Ave, and directly across from Yule and Rink. Um, it's 56 units, a condominium community. Uh, it was built in the early 80s, um, and uh, it has been fully occupied since then. Uh, we happen to be neighbors of the uh, town farm, the animal shelter, and uh, we were part of the process when they developed Woodlot and Pulte bought that land and developed the homes. Uh, we worked closely with Pulte in terms of issues uh, regarding water and runoff. Uh, they actually, uh, as part of the process, paid uh, for engineers to do peer reviews, uh, to look at what was designed and how it would be dealt with, and made some modifications based on our suggestions. Um, I wish I could tell you uh, we've not had problems at Quisset Brook. Uh, but we have, and I'm going to identify some areas that are concerning us of any development that occurred, uh, that would occur behind our community. Uh, but we have spent a, a fair amount of money dealing with drainage issues. Uh, we've put in a number of swales to uh, direct the water away from certain buildings, even though we were part of the process and uh, we worked with Pulte. Our biggest fear is that a new development coming in there um, would have the same impact on our community. Um, we are a fairly substantial taxpayer to the town of Milton, um, and we feel because we're a direct abutter and some of our homes are fairly close as you come to the back of the community to the town farm and would be close to any <coughs> development that would, there, uh, that would be built, that we would like to have a seat at the table to discuss what's going on and what's happening. Um, I heard our neighbors of Governor Stoughton Lane talking tonight and it's a rural road for those of you, and I'm sure a lot of you have been up there. Uh, we actually just drove up there again the other day. We walk up there, a lot of us walk up. Um, the other side of us is Unquity Road, and Unquity is probably just as problematic, if not worse, and I'm not gonna compare it to Governor Stoughton, as Canton Ave. Unquity has become a very tough spot. 
We've been working with the DCR, uh, Quisabrook, for the last three years to try to have them put crosshatch markings on, our, uh, on the roadway as we come out of our community. You cannot imagine what it's like coming out and people don't care about you. <laughs> they want to block you. They don't want to let you out. Uh, and w we understand the crosshatch might not be the solution to our problem, but we need to get in and out of our community in some fashion. So why am I saying this? How are you going to get a second egress or exit out of that community? There's no way that you could use Governor Stoughton Lane to bring traffic in and out of there. Canton Ave is horrendous. And the gentleman who spoke early, if you come off Canton Ave and try to go up Governor Stoughton Lane, I think you're going to have to do some land taking. And the land taking would be, you're probably going to make, uh, take a piece of Quasar Brook there, or there's actually some DCR land that comes in somewhere, and you're going to have to take some land on Governor Stoughton Lane. I don't know how you're going to do it. And we were trying to understand why or how you're going to get people in and out of this development and where you're going to have two means of egress or access in and out of the property. Our big concerns uh, as a community, water runoff. Probably number one on our list. It's all downhill from the town farm. <laughs> if you walk on our property, it goes all the way down. I happen to live on Blacksmith Road, which is at the bottom of the hill. And we've put some really fancy drainage swales down there. And we've got a little brook that runs through. The drainage swales work. But I'm afraid we're going to have to add some more um, over the years. Safety. I mentioned that Unkerty Road always has to already has too much traffic, and Gunra Stoughton Lane is a rural road. It's not an access, or it shouldn't be used as an access to a housing development. We're concerned about the protection of wetlands. There's a lot of wetlands up in there. And I know uh, Woodlot had a lot of problems getting DCR to allow a curb cut to come in and out of their community. We're also concerned about the size of any development in close proximity to our community. We have a number of units that are uh, sit in the back of the uh, property. They have a beautiful green area. And if there is a three-story building put in there, boy, it's going to change. Going to change the look of certain people's backyards. The site work. If the, if the property gets developed, um, we suffered a little bit through Woodlot, the blasting, the drilling of rocks. I guess we could suffer again, but we would like to be part of that process. Construction, noise, and debris, same thing. Um, you know, it's going to be a big concern. I think you have got a lot to think about. And instead of just an RFP, and the state will determine whether or not you can uh, go forward with your RFP, I, I do think you need to think a little bit now of how you're going to get traffic, people, vehicles, anything 
in and out of that area, um, I think you've got a real challenge. And um, we're happy to work with you if there's a development that gets put there or proposed there. But we will work, we, again, we want to be part of the process, not an afterthought. Uh, we're a direct abutter, as well as Governor Stoughton Lane, and we have a lot of interest in the community. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Williams. Thank you. Thank you. Comments or questions from members, the trustees? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thank Williams. You. All right. Uh, so I, I'm not sure who is signed up. Let's see if there's anyone actually first online. <coughs> I don't see any hands up online. So um, uh, it is open for anyone who would like to. If you've signed up before, uh, go ahead, sir. Mr. Fahey, do you want to be first unless someone signed up? Mr. Sweeney, did you already sign up? Yes, Sorry, Mr. Fahey, if Mr. Sweeney goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be brief. My name is Bob Sweeney. I live on Whittier Road, which is in the Indian Cliffs neighborhood. I'm president of the Neighborhood Association, which consists of 165 homes. And we have certain streets in our neighborhood that are direct abutters of the town farm property. Um, much of what I wanted to say has already been said. So I'm, ho I'm hoping that the, the message is there. I will say that uh, I feel it's definitely important that the Governor Stoughton trustees do the process in a manner that you are seeking the best possible path to take beforehand rather than wanting to listen to the citizens after you made a decision. What you've done, in my opinion, is you've taken the process backwards. You submitted a document to the Attorney General that calls for three buildings, three stories high, with 35 uh, rental units. I wish that you had sought the public input that you're getting now. And I've been here, this is not my first time in the past month being up here. I was up here to plead with you uh, during in the summer, and I'm glad that at least this hearing is um, taken place. So first point is the approach that I'm suggesting to you is find out what the public wants first then think over how you're going to make your decisions. Two other matters. One is, uh, when you approach the situation, you cannot have blinders. You must face the reality of what's on that four acres. And the reality is, what's on that four acres now is an animal shelter that's been there for over four decades. And in recent months, I don't know who the person is, but in recent months, somebody has offered the Governor Stoughton trustees, <coughs> or select board, two and a half million, a two and a half million dollar generous gift that you've turned down, or if you haven't turned it down, you're close to saying no. I don't get that. 
that to me is like a, a no-brainer. And I feel that's a, you know, not, that's not fair to the taxpayers of this town. Mr. Zulus, earlier tonight, you talked about the trustees were poor. You were talking about the need for money, but if you need money, what about the two and a half million dollar gift from a donor? I, so I'm hoping that you may, still may consider that. I am one of these people that do want to get the animal shelter built as soon as possible, and I've been that way for a long time. But it's as soon, my feeling is, it's as soon as possible with logic and reason. So if we could delay a little bit and take that two and a half million dollars, I would think that's a good cause of action. Now the other matter, the fact is that on that existing four acres, there already is three buildings. There's the small men's arms house, there's the pest house, um, and there's the men's main arms house. They are hist of historical importance. And I know that Mr. O'Donnell, uh, chair of the Historical Commission, is here tonight. I've had conversation with him, and he's mentioned to me that it, it, there's been a ruling that those buildings uh, were ruled to be eligible to be filed on the National Register of Historic Places. And I can tell you firsthand, because I'm the one that went to the state archives and spent some days, some hours, meeting with whoever I needed to meet with, getting the paperwork for whatever was necessary, and the end result was, although it wasn't voted by the select board, the end result was eligibility to, uh, for a national listing. So if buildings are that important, we can't ignore them. The, our, unfortunately, the RFP, I'm gonna say it could be read to be ignoring them. The reason I say that, if you read the RFP, it talks about three buildings. There already is three buildings there. So is the insinuation that the bulldozer takes down the historic buildings? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that the Governor Stoughton trustees is uh, open to some adjustments uh, on, on the procedures that you're taking. I mean, you heard it tonight from the Governor Stoughton Lane residents about the water issues. I can understand that firsthand. I know that in one of those great big puddles, there's a, a storm drain there, and the town doesn't even know who, who put the storm drain in. Um, and I can tell you that my history of that whole area, it's wet. And the reason, one of the reasons it's wet is because it's ledgy. And the drainage, the more you build up there, the more there seems to be water issues. And that's what I've noticed in my neighborhood. I think there are more issues now because they had a deep, Woodlot Drive had a deal with a lot of new water drainage systems. And I, I know that's an issue. So I'm just asking you maybe to think about uh, having some flexibility as you proceed and I'm asking you, <coughs> Uh, to, to like be flexible and 
when you do vote, make sure that you vote according to what you, what's it, your gut reaction is. Because right now I have concerns about how the select, uh, the majority of the select board is uh, thinking and voting. And I, I thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Sweeney. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mr. Fahey has his hand up, so why don't we go next to Mr. Fahey. Oh, is anyone up? No hands up? Can I just have a little bit? Good evening, Mr. Chair. Good evening, Select Board. Good evening, Town Administrator. Uh, my name is Sean Fahey. I, uh, I'm not in a butter. I live on Old Farm Road. I am also a town meeting member in Precinct 9, and I am also a member of the planning board. That said, I speak tonight as a taxpayer and as a resident of the town. Um, I do want to thank you all for your time and for your commitment and for your effort. As you guys know, I am on a board also, so I realize what you do. And uh, it's a tremendous commitment to the town. It's a tremendous amount of time. I don't often have a chance to thank you for what you do, and I wanted to take the opportunity to do so tonight. Um, I wanted to speak tonight because of my concern for the financial implications of this decision for the town of Milton. There are definitely competing development opportunities. What happens to this land um, is directly related to what happens with the animal shelter, which for years we've talked about how to address the animal shelter. And we have two opportunities that have been discussed so far for the animal shelter. One would be to move it over to what, what is known as the former dump location, and the other would be to develop the animal shelter on the site where it currently exists. <coughs> The concern that I have is what I consider a dramatically different cost for the town of Milton. We have a very generous offer from, from an anonymous person of $2.5 million uh, for the animal shelter if it remains at its current location. Um, tremendously generous, whomever it is. The alternative is to build the animal shelter uh, at what I'm referring to as the former town dump, and accept the risks that come with that development opportunity. The risk I'm speaking of is the development cost related to the unknown expense of dealing with rock and ledge. Uh, some may know, but some may not know. I've spent my entire career in commercial construction. I lead a significant commercial construction company. I've spent over three decades developing sites, so I have plenty of experience dealing with unknown site conditions, especially um, the risks of ledge and rock. And what concerns me is that we have an absolutely known $2.5 million cost difference between developing on one site with the generous offer, if we were to accept it, of $2.5 million. That $2.5 million is not uh, being offered for the development of the town dump site. So if we are to develop and build that town dump, we have a minimum of $2.5 million. And when I say a minimum, we just don't know the cost, the exposure, 
um, of the ledge conditions that we're going to encounter up there. It could be three million, it could be three and a half million, no one knows, and you will not know until it's too late. We have one other, I, I, I see it as a, as a, a limitation in terms of the development at, at the town dump. The approach of soliciting pricing for a pre-engineered building, a, pre, a prefabricated building, if you will, the limited interest in the construction industry, I can only speak to this because it's my, it's my industry, it's my experience. We have one bidder. I don't think we put the town in a very good position to have such limited competition for such a significant investment. My opinion is we should have put the town in a, in a position where we could have extensive competition and a stick-built design, if you will, um, which is conventional construction, assembled buildings with frame materials, would have allowed us to draw an awful lot of competition because many people are interested in that type of construction. There's very few that are interested in a prefabricated building. So we've limited ourselves in terms of interest in the project because we've chosen a building type that's not appealing to the broad number of contractors that are actual participants in the bidding marketplace. That coupled with the fact that we have a ledge condition on that site that is probably going to be problematic, um, and we have a two and a half million dollar value um, that's been given to the town if we keep the animal shelter on its current site. As a town meeting member, I, like you, struggle with the budget every single year. We face departments that I think in their minds and probably ours are underfunded. And whether it's our fire department, our police department, our school department, and we can't offer them the funds that they need to have the staff that they need to perform the duties that they believe they owe the town and the residents. So when I look at a minimum of two and a half million, and as I said, with the risk of ledge and raw cost, it could be three, it could be three and a half. And I start to count the number of teachers, the number of firemen, the number of policemen, the number of DPW vehicles, the number of fire vehicles. It's, it's, you all know, you deal with it. You, as, as the select board, you probably have as great a struggle as anyone else trying to meet the needs of the departments. So my opinion is that it's a responsibility we have as a town, it's a responsibility we have as a select board to choose the fiduciary path that is best for the town of Milton. And in my opinion, to walk away from two and a half million dollars, and I say that's a minimum that would walk away from, I think it's a mistake for the town of Milton. So I urge you to consider critically the value of the two and a half million dollars that's been offered, and also please consider the additional costs that we likely will face if we build at the town dump. I thank you again for your time and commitment. I appreciate the chance to speak tonight. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, any thank comments you. or questions? Any of the members? <coughs> thank you, Sean. Thank you. All right. Um, I see Mr. O'Donnell. He beat you to the punch. Why don't we have him and then, and then you next? And then Ms. Kramer. <coughs> oh, Mr. Wells. Mr. Wells. 
Thank you, Mr. Chair. I, I just want to be perfectly clear on the point. Um, to Mr. Fahey's point, others have said it as well. The, the two and a half million dollar additional is is a combined five million dollars. If the shelter were to be new shelter reconstructed on the site, it's the initial two point five million, which, as many of you know, was the intention of the first gift, and has been their intention all along. And the additional two point five million, which has come forward, being offered to the town. Uh, in the past few months, so that would be five million dollars to purchase and construct the animal shelter at the existing site. Thank you. Just, just for point of clarification, I won't interrupt again. Okay. Um, okay. Um, all right, uh, Mr. O'Donnell. Thank you, Mr. Zolis, and thank you, in addition, for giving that little historical summary at the beginning. It's going to save me some time. Okay, okay. Because I was. <laughs> you, I'm sure you'll do a better job than I did, Steve. <laughs> I've been very interested listening to all the comments from the other people here. I have a different perspective. I'm Steve O'Donnell, 65 Hillsview Road, chair of the Historical Commission. Our concern with this RFP is from the perspective that it has no concern or respect for the history of the site. The town farm has been a distinct and significant property in the town of Milton for over 320 years. As Mr. Zuma says, the farm was worked by residents of the property, both permanent and transient, until 1941 and then the buildings were rented out and the rental income produced money to distribute to the poor. In 2009, in response to a request to determine whether or not the town farm site was eligible for listing on the National Register of Historic Places, the Massachusetts Historical Commission wrote the following, and I quote, the town farm is located on land willed to the town by British Royal Governor William Stoughton in 1701. The current buildings on the site date to the mid-19th century and include two almshouses, a stable, now lost, and a pest house, so designated as a location for smallpox victims, and thus somewhat removed from the others. The pest house was moved by agreement with Pulte to what was known as the historic quadrangle of four acres, and it was moved because of its historic significance. Again, the Massachusetts Historical Commission said, the Milton Town Farm represents a rare remaining example of public welfare in which communities were charged with the responsibilities of looking after the indigent, the elderly, and those citizens in need of assistance. The commission's research indicates that only three or four other pest houses are extant in Massachusetts, and only one other poor farm in the state has more than one building. As it is presently written, the draft RFP precludes the use of any existing buildings on the site. It specifies a maximum of three buildings, there are already three buildings there. Admittedly, although two of those buildings have been allowed to deteriorate, their present condition is undetermined. The commission would request 
that no RFP be issued until an independent engineering study or a study by a preservation architect is undertaken to determine whether or not the buildings can be reused. I believe the planning department has funds that could be used for this purpose. If they can be reused, they should be included in any new project. If an independent study finds that they can't be used, then so will be it. Milton's history will be diminished by their loss. The pest house was occupied and income producing up until the time Pulte relocated it, until the time they bought the property and relocated it on a new foundation. There should be no, no doubt about its reuse possibilities. This proposed RFP is premature. Again, none should be issued until the status of the existing buildings are determined. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Uh, comments or questions for Mr. O'Donnell? Thank you very Thanks. much. Oh, Roxanne. Thank you. I just have a quick question. Yeah. Do you have any um, information that you could forward us just on the history and what has happened? I think that's quite interesting. That, that sure. What you read on that yeah. um, about the historic I could do that. part of it. Yeah. I think that's very important to include. We'll so do. Thank you. Thanks. Now, um, this lady right here. Hello, Hi. I'm Judy Sweeney. I live at 29 Quizzet Book Road. I've been there for approximately 25 years now. Um, I overlook the animal shelter, and I, I miss the rooster that was up there. We had dogs, we had roosters, we had all, all kinds of animals up there. So um, we never complained about it. We always loved it being there. I think that, um, you know, one of the main concerns that we have is, is really as neighbors, as abutters, I mean, we, several of us here, face the property that is being developed. Um, and we were disappointed that the RFP didn't include some of the things that you have been talked about, um, you know, study on the water. I remember when Pulte was um, developing their land, you know, um, I happened to notice this line down leading from their property onto Quizzet Brook. I said, what's that line? And they said, oh, we're gonna pump the, the water from the well, the 100 year flood, it, you know, don't worry about it, it won't be an issue. I said, you can't, you can't pump water onto our land, we're already up to our knees of water. So um, I think it's, it, you know, I guess what you've heard here today is people expressing issues that already exist that could only be exacerbated by, you know, three buildings, uh, uh, asphalt, m multiple cars, you know, um, how that is all going to be handled. I mean, Pulte sort of backed into it after they had bought the land um, and they had to address all these issues. It would be nice to address them up front. I mean, I think you've heard several, particularly on Governor Stoughton Road, the safety issues. Um, there's the safety issues on Governor Stoughton Road. There's the historic walls that line the Quisitbrook property along Governor Stoughton that also line from all the way down to Inquity. So there's lots of historical walls that need to be preserved in that area. So 
you know, t e even if they wanted to take the land, they still run into the historic issues. Um, we'd like to see the preservation of those buildings, although I'm sure Mary would like to stop picking up all of the blue tops that have flown onto the property. But, um, I, you know, I think that there's, a, there's several things that are missing from the RFP that we'd like to see there. One of the questions I asked was, well, if the you know, Attorney General says, okay, what happens then? How much change can you actually make to the RFP at that point without having to go back to the Attorney General? Um, and I think the answer was only administrative things. Well, this is some really some subs substantive things here that are not just administrative things. Um, we, I was surprised that the issue of the shelter hadn't, and the issue of the historic buildings hadn't been discussed and decided upon before the RFP went out. Um, hopefully before it goes out to the developers, it'll be addressed. But the other thing we'd like to see is just the, the look and the feel to keep inconsistent with the town. Um, you know, we over, we, <laughs> face that property, so we have to look at it. But, you know, it, it's, it would be nice um, to have that consistent with the look and the feel of the um, land and the t and buildings in the surrounding areas. So I won't bore you with going into the details, which you've already heard very eloquently from previous members, but um, we'd like to see some changes to the RFP before it goes out to the developers. Thanks. Thank you, Ms. Sweeney. Thank you. I think uh, Ms. Kramer, and then someone had his hand up behind her, and then the, maybe the gentleman in the orange, so we'll go. Uh, sir, did you in the green have your hand up? Oh, you didn't, okay. Then I guess the next one would be the gentleman in the orange I saw, unless I missed anyone. I don't see anyone online. So why don't we go Ms. Kramer and gentleman in the orange. Great, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chair Zulis and the Governor Stone Trustees. My name is Julie Kramer. I've written my remarks so I can keep them brief. Um, my family and I have lived at 58 Frothingham Street for the last 23 years. I am currently the chair of the Milton Affordable Housing Trust and I served on the Governor Stoughton Trust Land Committee. I would like to thank the Governor Stoughton Trustees for hosting this important community meeting. As a member of the Milton Affordable Housing Trust, I have reviewed and offered comment to the current draft of the request for proposal for the development of the remaining land at the town farm. There are a few points that I'd like to highlight. The historical use of the site is rental housing. Building back the housing that once served those who would otherwise not be able to live in our town reflects a spirit of social responsibility, which is the primary focus of Governor Stoughton's will, and in keeping with our town's character. The current draft of the RFP reflects the remaining land at the town farm to be conveyed to the developer through a leasehold interest, allowing the Governor Stoughton trustees to remain control and ownership of this important site. The modest development could represent a significant increase to our town's subsidized housing inventory as we move closer to meeting the required 10% and provide stable housing 
for many who'd like to call Milton their hometown, including those who work in and for our town. Issuing a request for proposal allows the Governor Stoughton Trust, trustees, to help shape how the housing will look and feel by providing desired guidance and thoughtful review of the proposals received. I applaud the Governor Stoughton trustees' ongoing efforts and their work to fulfill the intent of the Governor Stoughton will. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Kramer. Comments or thank questions you. from Ms. Kramer? All right, thank you, Ms. Kramer. And now, uh, gentleman in the orange. That'll be the last time I refer to you as the gentleman in the orange. <laughs> My name is uh, Mike Kelly. I live at 132 Whittier Road. I'm a town meeting member for many years and a past member of the planning board. I've been at Whittier Road for 24 years. Uh, I found, about, found out about this meeting last night and I had Babe Ruth baseball tryouts tonight, so I'm very unprepared. I'll try to keep my thoughts coherent. But my, my biggest point is I'm a civil engineer working in heavy civil construction, which is road bridges. It's not necessarily directly related to building construction, but we certainly would be involved with something like moving earth up there. And uh, Again, my biggest point is I think it's logistically not a very good site for the proposal for three buildings and 35 units. Just for a number of reasons that already been stated, it's, it's just not logistically good. Uh, I'd also like to address, uh, I think, something that the last speaker inferred and that I heard referred to a lot and inferred last time we were through the Governor Stoughton land. I had some pot negotiating with uh, Pulte, then I had some pot in further negotiating with Pulte on the planning board. The people keep referring to affordable housing as being for the poor. In, in, and I've also heard in the past affordable housing in past meeting here and today, the police, the firemen, the teachers, the town workers, I don't think any of those uh, groups would like to consider themselves the poor, nor would I consider them the poor. So I think that in intermingled point is getting kind of uh, disturbing. Uh, what, what confuses me here most is apparently the, the town owns land on Randolph Ave, which was referred to as the town dump and the, the animal shelter was looking at some point in time, and, and again, bear with me that my facts are somewhat just off the top of my head, to moving to this site on Randolph Ave. And, 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 and again, to try to keep myself coherent, as fiduciaries, you should be chasing the best value for the land, the four acres. What I don't understand is, I know there's a need for affordable housing. Why didn't you put out an RFP for affordable housing on the land on Randolph Ave. And one of the reasons I say that is, when I was on the planning board, we started a big town report, a whole group got together and reported on what pe different people look for transportation, housing. And one of the things that come up about the affordable housing, and I've seen it many times, is bullet points. They say the affordable housing should be near public transportation. It should be near commercial property. People should be walking in distance of stores and so forth. Randolph Ave. <laughs> there's a bus stop. There's a there's a 7-Eleven or whatever is down in the corner. I mean that 
self, that by, by definition lends itself better to affordable housing. Why don't you put the affordable housing there and put our RFP out for that? And accept the two and a half million and the additional two and a half million, it, it charge the animal shelter lease. Charge them a lease to stay there. It's, it seems like, a, like I've heard mentioned a couple times, a no-brainer. I mean, it's, it's simple, you know. And, and as such, it seems backwards that this uh, RFP went to the Attorney General because, again, there's things that are coming up tonight that make very good sense that, I don't know, did you, did you review all these things? Did you look at uh, somebody who's buying the land for an enormous sum of money? Did you look at keeping the animal shelter there? I mean, it's, it's, it just seems all very odd. I would guess that's all I have to say. But again, I just, for starters, I think you, you should, just to build three buildings up there, from my professional understanding, would be logistically outrageous. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. For the bill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I see, I guess, Mr. Callahan next. Good evening, um, Governor Soton Trustees. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. I'm, my name is Tom Callahan. I live at 16 Orono Street, um, and uh, I'm a town meeting member. I'm also a member of the Affordable Housing Trust. I'm here tonight speaking as a resident um, only. Um, I'll be brief. I appreciate you holding this hearing. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to uh, begin the conversation around um, the future of the four acres. Um, and I appreciate your thoughtfulness um, uh, to date in, in, in thinking um, with the trust and with um, residents about uh, what the potential of that four acre site is. Um, um, I think we've heard a lot of thoughtful comments tonight from abutters and others. Um, and I appreciate uh, those comments. I, I would say um, I've spent my 40-year career um, in affordable housing, um, mostly working for nonprofit advocacy groups that promote um, the need for affordable ho rental and homeownership housing. Um, in that 40 years, I've never seen a perfect site for affordable housing. And the four acres on Governor Stoughton Lane is not a perfect site for affordable housing. <clears throat> but very, very rarely does a site come with a mandate to serve the poor. And what's more valuable in the world of affordable housing than money, even, is land. Um, so to turn down this opportunity to develop, potentially develop, excuse me, develop the site as affordable housing on a site that for 300 and plus years has been dedicated to serving the poor, I think would be a missed opportunity. Um, so um, that's really all I wanted to say. Um, um, I, I did want to say as an individual, um, I agree with Mr. O'Donnell about the pest house, at least. Um, we believe, uh, I've toured those buildings, all of those buildings. Um, I'm not professionally equipped to give an uh, opinion on what's salvageable or not, but it just, 
eyeballing it, the pest house seems salvageable, and the other two probably not. But, but um, I would be a strong advocate for um, main, uh, including the pest house in any future development. Um, I, I think it's a historic resource in this town, um, and a development including the pest house could um, be something the town could be very proud of. So thank you. <coughs> thank you, Mr. Callahan. Other people who'd wish to speak? See online. Do we have anyone, Mr. <laughs> no, we don't have anyone online. All right. Going once, going twice. Nobody yet? All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And thank you for, for all of the comments, all the helpful comments. Um, uh, I will say, uh, you know, at least in my view, this is an iterative process. Uh, the reason to send a, an RFP to the Attorney General's office was to determine whether this would even be an option. And so they wanted something in hand to see if this would be an option. So um, I believe, in my view, it is an iterative process. And, and uh, if, it, if the Attorney General's office determines that it sees this as a plausible use of the property, then, um, in my view, again, it will be an iterative process, and all of these things can be considered. So, so um, we'll wait to hear uh, on that and uh, to see if this is something that we could go forward with. Um, Ms. Bradley. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, you can't pick up a paper these days without seeing that there's a housing crisis across the Commonwealth. It's not just here. It's not just in Western Mass. It is throughout the entire state. Um, I know that there are many folks that are working on it on a government level. I often, I'm, I'm showing my age, but I often clip out the papers, um, articles, <laughs> just like my grandmother used to, and I save them. And there was a recent one in the Boston Globe about seniors and their, their housing, and it really struck me. Um, so that's in my file. But today an article came out in WBUR. Um, it's a pretty huge article. It says Mass has a huge wait list for state-funded housing. There's currently 2,300 2, units vacant. Now this is affordable housing um, through the Housing Authority. But the interesting piece of this article is that you can click on each town. And in the town of Milton, we have a vacancy rate of 2%. We have 51 total units. One is vacant. Our wait list for people to get into those 51 units is 19,523 people. So I just want to say that as my closing remark. I hear everything that you're saying. I understand drainage. I get the safety. The safety was one thing that when I went up there, I said there's no way a bus can turn around at the top of this street. I totally get it. But as with my hat on, for those of the poor, I'm also looking at the 19,523 people that are trying to find housing. And that, to me, is a very serious number. So um, I know that we will do our due diligence. This RFP is not final. I say that all the time. RFPs are never final um, until they're final final. Um, but. There's many times that we can go back and take a bite at this. And um, I really appreciate everything that folks have said tonight. I wrote down all your main points. And um, I just want to thank you all for being here this evening. Mr. Zoll. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. Zulis. I'm not going to uh, say too much more because I think we've heard some really great points tonight. I just feel like since we have a lot of eyeballs on this uh, meeting, both online and, and here in person, it would be a good opportunity to say something about the lottery that will be coming up for the Hendry's building, where there will be four units that are going to be posted. Uh, it's 131 Elliott Street. I think we all, uh, well, at least I, I used to live on Capon Street, and I know that it looks a lot better than it did when it was the the uh, decrepit ice cream factory. But there will be four units that will be coming up. Uh, I believe the lottery is slated to uh, open on the 25th, and it will be open until uh, Friday, November 24th. Um, so if you're interested uh, in that, um, you should visit www.hendrieslottery, H-E-N-D-R-I-E-S, lottery.com, in case you didn't know. Uh, and uh, there's also a phone number. There'll be, and I'm sure, information posted on the town uh, about this as well. Uh, but if you are, uh, you know, if you are at the 80% uh, threshold, uh, and you're thinking about looking for affordable housing, please <coughs> consider putting your name in the hat for that lottery. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Ms. Musto. Thank you. Um, I wanted to thank all the neighbors that came and everyone that came to speak. Um, on this very important issue. I was one of the uh, individuals on our board who thought that we should have had a public meeting first before we did anything with an RFP. And I do want to reiterate that we should have listened to the neighbors first. Um, a lot of great points were brought up, whether it was about you know, water runoff, safety. And these are all legitimate concerns. I think the biggest thing is, and I think we have, there's. A lot of people out here are saying that um, you know the Governor Stoughton Trust um, is for the poor of Milton, and some people on my board here feel that that means affordable housing. Now we know that affordable housing, by definition, is a maximum of 70% geared towards Milton residents. Seems to me, and I, I believe somebody spoke about this, um, that there seems to be a push for this one idea of doing affordable housing instead of looking at the bigger picture and um, opportunities. The, the animal shelter is there now. As many people have said, we have money on the table to redo the animal shelter right where it is. And I know Ms. Bradley has always said, we don't want to leave money on the table. Do not. Or doesn't like to leave money on the table. Um, so I think that's really a legitimate um, concern that we're leaving money on the table um, that allows for any unseen thing, any uh, unforeseen things that might happen in building a project at that location. The animal shelter, I asked this question a long time ago. If tomorrow, or during this hurricane, if the uh, side of the building fell off, or God forbid the roof came down, or there was a fire, and you went to the AG, I would assume the AG would let you rebuild on that spot. I know that when it, they've had a problem before, they were able to rebuild the roof or whatever it was in the past. I think that we really need to take a look at this. Um, I feel like this is being pushed. I do have a couple of questions, one of which is, um, and I would like to ask Mr. Milano, when, um, when you went to the AG with this, I'd like to know who was present at the meetings, whether they were on the phone um, or in person to talk about this from our board and others that talked with um, the AG's office either this time or the previous time. I'd like to have an answer to that. I also had asked a question before, which was um, 
you know, there were a lot of concerns from the neighbors. And in the case of uh, any kind of litigation, I would like to know, is it the Governor Stoughton trustees that will be um, paying for attorney fees? I also want to know why we didn't get an evaluation, if you could let the people know, because that was a question, why we didn't get a land evaluation um, for um, the, the animal shelter spot. Those are a few of my questions. Thank you. So um, uh, we, we can, we can <laughs> try to answer some of them. Uh, Mr. Milano um, wasn't here with some of the discussions with the Attorney General's office, some of the prior discussions. So some of the prior discussions were generally um, it was the chair of the board. Um, I, I was involved uh, with the discussions at, at maybe when I was the chair. I know Melinda Collins was when she was the chair. I believe Katie Conlon was when she was the chair. Uh, Mr. Wells may have been as well. I'm not sure. So it was generally the chair. Uh, and I think Melinda may have brought me along on a call one time when I was vice chair. So that was generally the case. So and then the most recent one was this summer yourself it was for a bit, Kevin Freitag, Marion McKetrick, me, I think Tim Zerwinski joined us, and um, Susan Phillips as well. Right. Perhaps she was away. I, I would have to double check my notes. Um, but that was, I think, June. Yeah. yeah. A quick follow-up. Yeah. I remember at one of our meetings um, when Kevin Freitag was town council, he had also mentioned that Ms. Creamer was on a call, um, representing the Affordable Housing Trust on a call to the AG's office. So I just would like to know about that. She, she may have, might have, she, it might she, have been before. Yeah, she you. may have been. But I, I would say all, all of those calls were reported on at our subsequent meetings. So they're all in the minutes, and they're all in the videos. So we, you know, those, those things are all available. That was all discussed publicly, all of those calls. Yeah, Ms. Ms. Musta. Follow up. Um, I don't dispute that, but I do say that you know the trust is a private uh, entity, and you're, and you know we serve as the trustees. It's a little concerning to me that we would bring in um, a group that wants to do affordable housing, a representative of that group, into that kind of a call. Well, it was a representative of the animal group from the animal shelter that wanted to build an animal shelter there as well. So, so I, you know, I, there's, there's been, you know, I, 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 I. I, I um, uh, whenever, the, whenever there's been any contact with the Attorney General's office, we've talked about it beforehand. And we've talked about who's going to be on them, and we've talked about it afterwards. So there's, no, no, there's, no, no, there's been no hidden agenda from anyone. It's all been discussed publicly, and will continue to be. Sure. Um, may I yeah, please. Yes. Yeah. So again, I think that it's been geared that way on purpose towards affordable housing instead of looking at the animal shelter. My understanding from way back when, and I have talked with Mr. Milano about this, is that they were going to do parallel paths. And I feel that somebody dropped the ball at some point on the parallel path of looking at putting the shelter on the current location. So I was wondering if you could answer some of those other questions I had, Mr. Milano. That I had asked pre a few minutes ago. So, do you have the answers, or what are the questions? What are the so, I, I mean, I think where we have left, for the most part, on the business plan, it was the the board, the Stoughton trustees discussed it, looked at it, and I think asked for additional work from the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee and the Milton Animal League. Um, and I think one of the key pieces of that is, and um, the 2009 appraisal was referenced earlier, um, which will be good to take a look at, but. 
the key thrust of the Attorney General's conversation with us regarding citing an animal shelter at this town farm was fundamentally about is the trust maximizing um, its assets and is it serving the poor of Milton. Um, so that piece of, of understanding what the value of the land is if, we are, if the trustees were to um, enter into a lease with an entity so that the Attorney General's office was very curious to know how, we, how the trust was going to develop a business plan to say, here's the value of our assets, here's by entering into a, a lease with a private entity how we're, we're taking advantage of the value of those assets to get fair market value. So I think fundamentally it comes down to um, engaging in professionals who can advise the trust um, on that, that key question if, if that's a path the trust wants to continue to pursue. <coughs> Yeah, please. Um, and one of the other questions I asked was, if the trust gets sued, um, who ends up paying for the legal fees? I don't know if that's a trust law question. I, think, I assume I it would think be that's the, what I, the I think, the, I think the, the trustees would have to hire a lawyer to find out. Um, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how, well. Is, is yeah. town council on the line at all? Well, town council doesn't, town council advises the town. We'd, okay. have, to, we'd, have, to, we'd have to, I guess, Ask town council if you, you know. Ask town council. Well, we've used town council before for the governor's Southern trust, right. so we could ask town council. But so I so I guess the question is, if somebody sues the trust, then then what happens? I would yeah. What happens? What happens? And um, okay. the other question, I guess, or I just heard you say that you know town council supposedly might be able to help or something or whatever. What I see is two competing um, issues here. What I see is that some members on our board really want to do affordable housing at that location. But we also have to put on the other hat is Governor Stoughton trustees. And I find that I'm thinking that it's sort of, there's a little conflict here in, in that whole, um, you know, the yin and the yang, basically, to, to conflict. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, some, some places they would actually get a separate council to represent a trust if we feel that um, there's a conflict. So it's just, something to consider. Um, but I think that the main gist of what I want to say is I'm very concerned that, number one, we did not go to the residents first. It's very backwards what we did. Reading through the actual RFP, there was one line that really stuck out to me, which was, um, the town expects the lease, which is a 99-year lease, to be for a nominal fee. So. Again, you're, you're thinking of doing affordable housing, which by definition, um, we were told from the Affordable Housing Trust is no more than a 70% um, preference for Milton residents. And then it's, we're getting a nominal fee. So the developer is making all the money on the rentals and we're getting a nominal fee. So I think there are some serious concerns with the whole way we're doing this. And I just want to express that upfront. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mr. Chair. Um, Mr. Zul. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Mr. Wells was first. Go ahead, Mr. Zul. No, that's uh, fine. That's ask fine. his question. Go ahead, Ben. Ask your question first. Uh, I wasn't a question, uh, Mr. Wells, so why don't you go ahead and go first? <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I have a little bit here, so um, first I want to thank everyone who came out, and um, especially those who've been involved in this for a long time. I guess I can probably add myself to that list at this point in my life. Um, 
you know, in 2018, as a new member of the board, I was in the Affordable Housing Trust, and I was asked to um, sign a letter that requested it was right when the five million had tra transferred into the governor's store account, uh, requesting 2.5 million of the money to be moved in the Affordable Housing Trust. And as Mr. is Ms. Kramer and Mr. Callahan know, I knew nothing about affordable housing then, and I've learned a great deal since. And I. I while we're on opposite sides on this location, their guidance really helped me guide through the nearly six, seven hundred, eight and a half projects, eight plus projects that we have pending or in, in process right now, <coughs> including those that are completed. Um, but in 2018, I didn't plan that at that time, Attorney Town Council Attorney Flynn brought that to <coughs> Attorney General, who emphatically reported back to us that um, affordable housing did not meet the definitions of the will. And Mr. Zulus, you tonight, and, and as did Ms. Wilson, clearly defined that role. It defines what our role as governors, Stoughton trustees are for the poor of Milton. <clears throat> to me, the poor of Milton are the people that are represented by Ms. Brawley, by Susan Dawn, the Milt Residence Fund, the Milt Food Pantry, and other indigent and truly people in need who happen to live in this town. Um, when you looked at the two RFPs, I encourage all of you and I encourage everyone who's there tonight to make a request, actually it might be online, to look at the 2011 RFP that went out for the property when the Pulte development was uh, awarded and purchased. And in that RFP, there were several important things that were mentioned, none of which are in the count. The property in relation to the protection of the historic preservation that Mr. O'Donnell referred about. The other one talked about the use of the property in relation to traffic generation and strongly looked advantageous to anything that would not impact, especially Governor Stoughton Lane, but additionally on Canton Avenue, Quisipark, and your butt is on Whittier Road. It talked about it talked about the reuse of the property as far as within Milton zoning laws and things of that. But most importantly, in a category by itself, it talked about the reuse of the property in relation to the benefit of the poor of the town of Milton. <coughs> Um, I get, you know, Mr. Callahan and Ms. Kramer, they're advocates for affordable housing, and, and even Ms. Bradley's talked about the deed. But as Governor Stoughton trustees, our responsibility is for the poor of Milton. And the poor of Milton are the dozens of people each and every month in this community who can't pay their rent can't pay their heating bill, can't pay their lights, can't put food on their table, and on and on and on. Being involved in philanthropy is not something I ever expected to be in my life. When I joined the Copeland Foundation many years ago, and I very rarely ever speak publicly about this, uh, it's really not. It's, it's humbling to sit in a room every year with six of your fellow residents 
people who truly care about this town and live a pretty private life and do everything you can to put every dollar you can to its issues, especially issues in this in this town, everything from food pantries and residence fund and the hospital and so many things. Um, it's quite a thing. Now the Copeland Foundation has really, really impacted Milton. $10 million for construction of the new schools. A few years later, $5 million when the schools had lost their accreditation. A half a million dollars to the library with $50,000 additionally each year. A million dollars to the town after the 2016 storm when our inadequate and poor DPW parking record plowing and snow removal equipment was virtually junk. It was a $1 million infusion bring that back. And I could go on and go on and go on. But ten, over 10 years ago, they made their first commitment of a million, which is then went up to two and a half million, to build the, rebuild a new animal shelter at the existing site. For those of you who travel up there now, everything from the office, the office that is outside, the temporary office, to their animal control vehicles that they drive are paid for quietly and with no bells and whistles by the foundation. When the chance to build this shelter here, this has been the one thing they've wanted. It has been the one site that they wanted to keep it on. They went with the move to go up on Access Road, and we're going to get to that later. I don't want to waste a lot of time on that. But Mr. Fahey's right. If we're going to build an affordable housing site, let's build it on town property. We don't need the AG's office, and I made this recommendation a long time ago. You currently have that $2.5 million that really, as you all know, and Mr. Milano knows, <coughs> Mr. Dennehy knows, and going back to the 2011 RFP that the Copeland Foundation submitted, which would have preserve those buildings and built a new shelter um, that have been their intention. As far as the new donation, um, these individuals contacted me, not because I was on the select board, but because I was involved in the same field as they are, philanthropy. And I was as shocked as anyone, as I relate to Mr. Milano, that um, they felt as did the Copeland Foundation had felt, that this is the site where it belonged, and that both groups wished for the town to put on an RFP to sell that property and take the sale of that property, which would go directly into the Governor Stoughton Fund for the poor of Milton, which is intended. That is the way we should be going. Before I conclude, and, and, and I, I get it, look, the citizens of Milton are never, you know, an ATM card, as Ms. Bradley has said many times, every dollar counts. And I ask each of you here tonight, sitting here, you have at least $5 million sitting before you that could meet many of the needs as well as preserving 
what exists on those sites today while not bringing any additional and hardships of traffic and all the things and maybe even addressing some of the water issues as well. I, I leave you with this. Um, I really think, not just as a Governor Stone trustee, but someone who has sat there and watched a group of individuals do so much to enhance the lives over 20-something years, that maybe for a second, because they're really, to me, the ones who are fighting the strongest to meet the intents of that will, as well as in meeting the needs of the poor in Milton. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Wells. Mr. Zoll. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, thank you, Mr. Wells, for your thoughtful comments. Um, philanthropy is actually a field that I work in uh, as well. I think some of you know that. Um, and uh, I have nothing but respect for uh, folks who uh, take resources that they could be otherwise profiting from and, uh, and, and, and uh, better their communities with them in the best way that they see fit. My hope is, of course, that any philanthropist uh, who uh, you know, commits those kinds of resources would also take into consideration what the town wants to do uh, and what makes most sense for the town and commit those resources uh, nonetheless. Um, that said, I, that's not the point that I wanted to make. So I, I, I think we heard a lot of really great comments from our, the citizens tonight. Um, I don't think we did anything backwards. Uh, I know M uh, Ms. Musto and I d don't agree on that. I think it makes a lot of sense to sort of pose the question as soon as possible to the Attorney General of whether this is possible or not uh, and go through the process. And much like we've the select board is done with other things. I, I, you know, I expect that there will be changes to the RFP. So to me, I think that there are sort of two um, sort of let's call them, um, you know, buckets of comments. Um, I think there's, you know, there's uh, some comments that are really thinking about the site itself and what problems might arise from the site if it was developed. Issues of drainage, issues of traffic. The historical building, uh, buildings that are on the site, I think all of these are legitimate um, things to raise. Uh, I think for sure when we hear back from the Attorney General at some point, we, we knew when we submitted the RFP that it was going to be changed. So I don't think, again, we're putting any carts in front of any horses um, because I think we are going, this is going to be an iterative process and we are getting community input. And I, for one, am glad that so many folks came out and I think those comments uh, are, were very well made, well documented, even illustrated uh, for us uh, to look at. Um, and I think certainly too, as we you know enter into a new sort of climate space with with uh, you know the the rainiest or second rainiest uh, summer that we've ever had, um, we need to be thinking about climate resiliency in all of the projects that we undertake. So I take the I take those comments very well. I think that the second uh, bucket of comments is really kind of the, the is is calling into question uh, whether or not affordable housing is is appropriate per the will. And so I, I actually have a copy of the will, and I think it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's a transcribed copy because it was handwritten, and some of the some of some things are un, in, 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 illegible, uh, as sometimes I am in, unintelligible when I speak. Um, <coughs> I, one, com one that I wanted to highlight, just because I think it kind of helps to put this in a historical um, you know, uh, context. So some of the folks that you know, are listed here, 
uh, unto my niece, Mrs. Mrs. Sarah Taylor, I give as a particular remembrance of me 12 pounds to buy a piece of plate. Very nice. Unto Mr. John Danforth, I give 50 pounds, my Negro man, Dick, my little silver drinking can and one of my silver-headed canes, which he shall choose, and my silver standish. So yes, humans were being given away in this, uh, in this will. So I think we, we have to kind of keep in context that the text that we're dealing with is from a truly different era. I mean, a human being was being passed from owner to owner, and it wasn't even the first item on that list. So I think we have to make sure that we take these. In, 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 I think we have to make sure that we're taking that into consideration. More importantly, though, I think when we get to the very specific la language about the uh, the lot, uh, and I'm just going to scroll here, which he would not have had the ability to scroll on his will. Um, so that's the Dorchester part. To the town of Milton, I give out my great wood lot there, 40 acres, to be conveniently and equally laid out to them, the whole improvement thereof to be for the benefit of the poor of that town, as the selectmen thereof shall judge best. So I think that we're, we've, you know, it's not the first time that we've seen a historical document where people are, you know, want to just sort of pay attention to the one article and miss the follow-up, which is if the select board at this point, because we know Governor Stoughton put women to death in Salem and certainly would have been shocked to see two of them sitting here tonight as, as, as select board members. Um, if the select board decides that this is the best way to benefit the poor, then by virtue of this will, we're following that. And I think that's what the Attorney General will say, but we'll find out. So I, I really want to make sure that we're, what we do focus on is for this RFP, we should be making sure that um, you know, we're not worsening drainage problems, that we're not um, creating dangerous traffic conditions for folks, that we're respecting historic structures uh, and, and surveying them and making sure that we can keep them intact. In All of those I take very well uh, as points, and I think that we'll, we, you know, we will look into those uh, for, the, for future drafts and considerations. But I, you know, the idea that, this, that renting places on the town farm for poor folks is not fitting in the histori historical definition of the will. It's, it's antithetical to the definition of the will, and it's also, it's also not true, because that's what we did for years and centuries. And when we talk about a 99-year lease feeling like that's a very long amount of time, you know, Milton's going to be around for quite a long time. And I think you know, in 99 years and 100 years, people will feel grateful that we have created that flexibility. Um, so I uh, certainly have really appreciated the comments that we've heard from the citizens tonight. I, I, I take them very, um, very directly, and I, I think that we have, and I know that we have some work uh, in front of us on this RFP process. Um, but the idea that um, affordable housing is somehow uh, antithetical to, the, to what the work that we should be doing here is I, I, in my perspective, uh, as, as I read the well and as I look at the history of that uh, piece of land over 300 years of history, it's just not true. So, um, Mr. Chair, thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Zoll. I will just finally observe that with respect to the will, um, I don't believe that the trustees are currently, have currently improved that land for the benefit of the poor as it judges best. And that's the process we're going through now. I will say that with respect to the sale of the property, um, the Governor Stoughton Fund now has over $5 million in it 
that we cannot use for the poor. We are only allowed to use the interest. And we use that every year, the food pantry, residence fund, and we have enough. We've always had enough to. Um, if we sell this prop, this four acres for multi-millions of dollars, uh, we won't be able to use that money for the poor. We will only be able to use the interest. So, um, so that's just one thought that arises from the Pulte sale, and I'm sure it would arise again. So thank you all for coming out, for your helpful comments. Uh, to be continued. Uh, and we look forward to, um, to your comments going forward. Please feel free to reach out to each, each of us and, uh, with your comments as well. And, uh, and we'll move forward and um, keep everyone engaged. So thank you all. Um, Should I make a motion to uh, adjourn the yes, meeting of the Governor's Yes, please Stoughton do. Trust? I will make that motion to adjourn the meeting of the Governor's Stoughton Trust. I'll second. Motion's been made and seconded. Uh, any further discussion? All those in favor? Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. And Mr. Zoll is yes. All right. Um, do we need a moment? Let's just take a moment then before we call to order the, the, the meeting of the select board. Let's, we're going to take um, two minutes. Two minutes. I'm going to take two minutes and then we'll call to order the, um, the, uh, the select board meeting. Okay, we are back for, and I'll call to order, uh, the meeting of the September 19th, 2023 meeting of the Milton Select Board. Uh, and the first item we have is public comment. Do we have anyone here for public comment? And we, oh, actually, sir, go ahead. <laughs> and anyone online, just raise your hand if you, uh, if you want to. And, uh, and I, I, I neglected to, to lay out, uh, for public comment, we allow 21 minutes uh, and three minutes a speaker. Um, and so if you could, tr if you could sir, uh, confine yourself to three minutes, uh, just give us your name and your address. That would be great. My name is Mark Christo, Waldo Road. My guess is that I won't have the uh, benefit of uh, pausing for dramatic effect in one three minutes. <laughs> we'll, we'll assume the we'll assume the dramatic effect. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Zulis Mr. and the board. My, uh, I'm going to speak today about the MBTA communities and reclassification. My message is simple. It's clear and quite relevant. For the sake of justice and equity, Milton must seek reclassification. One, the operational inferiority of the small antiquated single vessel trolley with limiting, limited carrying capacity that has no ability to transport passengers downtown because it only brings you as far as Ashmont, the rapid transit terminus, is atypical of rapid transit. Not along with two other, other critical points. One is the abandoned campaign to convert the Mattapan trolley to rapid transit back from the late 1960s and the current proposed $66 million Mattapan trolley transformation project, which will not be incorporating the Mattapan trolley into rapid transit, as we are told, as the rapid transit terminus will remain at Ashmont, confirms with consistency 
both from the past, historically the present, and the future plans that the Mattapan trolley never was, nor is, rapid transit. One cannot overstate the importance and relevance of the late 60s proposed rapid transit conversion from comparison's sake. It alone would have relocated the rapid transit terminus, pushing it from Ashmont out to Mattapan, eliminating five of the six trolley stops, including three stops within Milton at Capon Street, Valley Road, and Central Ave, all permanently closed, requiring the construction of viaducts for at-grade road crossings to segregate <coughs> and elevate third rail trains above the busy Central Ave and presumably Capon Street, and to build a massive train yards along the Neponset River, marshland, protected wetlands, and conservation land. Residents of Dorchester, Mattapan, and Milton in unison rose to oppose because it would have devastating consequences. The campaign's impetus was to find an alternative site for the relocation of the Harvard Square train yard. The MBTA abandoned their plans when they acquired the Dover Street train yard in South Boston, a much preferred site and an alternative that only presented itself with the collapse of the private railway system, Penn Central folded and Amtrak assumed its operation. <clears throat> Today, understand that this erroneous rapid transit classification is a faulty basis for an over-aggressive housing agenda that will have deleterious effect on our town and our neighborhoods and current rent for current residents. If we truly wish to comply and support reasonable housing initiatives, and this is what this is all about, then we need first to get the classifications right. That is what is fair and beneficial because it allows more flexibility with site selection, doesn't incentivize teardowns, allows for more manageable number of housing units, Thank that's you, a thousand, Christo. and more time to sufficiently plan and to assess. Thank you, Mr. Christo. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, anyone else for citizen speak? Yes, Ms. Wilson. <coughs> I just wanted to comment very briefly on the agenda item number three, which is moving the town, um, moving the animal shelter to the town dump access road, because a lot of the comments were made in a previous meeting. But I would just like to say that um, even with the slim contingencies that you have <clears throat> built in to your funding, the the project um there's still deficiency in the funding even if you're building in these slim contingencies that you have in the budget um the project hasn't even started yet and every project is over budget i feel like this one will probably be no different i echo miss bradley's comments from last tuesday about you know approaching in a prudent way, having complete confidence in the funding sources that you're going to need for the project. Um, you mentioned getting an audit uh, for the books. I think that's a great idea. And I just wanted to say that, you know, as an alternative that's on the table, that is $2.5 million from this donor to leave the animal shelter where it is, is a is a huge dollar number and can be a huge help in building it and i would urge you as a taxpayer in this town to explore that option thank, thank you, you Ms. Wilson. anyone else for citizen speak seeing none uh we will move to item th item three which is discussion update approval proposal from and a contract with access construction for animal shelter project 
located at the Dump Access Road. I believe we have representatives from the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee, from the Milton Animal League, uh, and the um, project manager, owner's project manager for the project. While they're coming to join us, I'll give just a brief, brief background about where we are on this. Um, in February 2015, nearly well, more than eight years ago, uh, the, this board, uh, Board of Selectmen at the time, approved a memorandum of understanding with the Milton Animal League for cooperation, for funding site collection, site selection, construction, operation, and maintenance of a new animal shelter. One of the town's responsibilities in the MOU was to select a site for the new animal shelter subject to the Milton Animal League's consent. On July 21st, 2015, again more than eight years ago, the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee of this board requested that the animal shelter be built at the Randolph Avenue site and the Board of Selectmen at the time voted unanimously to approve that request and to approve that site. From that date in 2015 until now, um, the Select Board, the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee, the Milton a Animal League have worked on building an animal shelter at the Randolph Animal Site. Those efforts including multiple donations from the Milton Animal League uh, for work on the Randolph Avenue site. Um, 300,000 for site plans um, and uh, several other um, appropriations over time that came from the Milton Animal League, not from the town. Uh, in, in 2016, March 8, 2016, the Milton Animal and the, and, the, and the town entered into a funding agreement for the process of financing a Milton An Animal Shelter project, and there was additional financing that came from the Milton Animal League to finance uh, work on the Randolph Avenue site. During these years, the town was aware that the Copeland Foundation had pledged funding to get the animal shelter built. And on uh, October 10th, 2019, the Copeland Foundation, this was four years after the Randolph Avenue site had been selected, the Copeland Foundation told the Milton Animal League that it had voted to increase its commitment to $2.5 million. There was no, uh, no stipulation that it be at the actual site, at the existing site, rather. It was four years after all of the, um, uh, all of the town entities were working on the Randolph Avenue site. And it was four years ago uh, that, uh, that, uh, that that additional funding was committed. And these, uh, the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee, Milton Animal League, and this board have continued to work on the Randolph Avenue site. Um, after uh, some, uh, an RFP had, was issued back in 2021, uh, it came in overbid, and in two January 2029, those bids were rejected by the select board. At that time, in an effort to bridge the gap in funding, the select board, the capital committee of, of the town, the warrant committee, and ultimately town meeting voted in May 2022 to appropriate $700,000 in funding for the animal shelter construction at the Randolph Avenue site. Um, and um, the Animal League and the Select Board amended their MOU and their funding agreement in November 2022, less than a year ago, to reflect that $700,000 contribution. Um, in uh, January of this year, Select Board was advised that the new project manager, Hill International, had developed a new RFP for a smaller modular animal shelter at the Randolph Avenue site. Uh, that, um, 
that um, RFP, that um, uh, uh, proposal was turned into an RFP. And on June 27th, 2023, uh, this, this board voted unanimously to approve the RFP for the Randolph Avenue site. Um, in July 2023, the RFP was advertised and there were responses to that RFP and the Milton, um, our, the, uh, the uh, Animal Shelter Advisory Committee has been working uh, with the bidder on the project since that time to develop a, uh, a proposal. And that's what I understand is before us tonight. And so I will turn it over to whomever I'm supposed to turn it over to, whether it's uh, Ms. Des Des Ms. Desmond, Mr. Kalouz, I think is with us. Callus? Or, or Callus, yes, yeah, sorry. So Ms. Desmond, why don't you kick it off? Okay. Good evening, everyone, and thank you very much for the time you're taking to review this important project. <coughs> this is a building that will become a town building and will house the, the town's animal control officer, and it's being supported by at least two nonprofits, the Milton Animal League and the, the Copeland Family Foundation. Uh, this is, listening to everyone speak tonight, I, I know that, you know, affordable housing up on that site is something that's controversial. And there are so, a lot of questions about the Governor Stoughton site. The, I should um, introduce myself, I'm Therese Desmond. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> president of the Milton Animal League and um, the co-chair of the, uh, the um, Animal Shelter Advisory Committee. So the committee has been meeting, as you said, for eight years, and uh, all of the members have stuck with this. We really want to bring this uh, dream to reality, and we're really close to that, to seeing that happen. Um, I think that the complications of the Governor Stoughton site, after we spent a lot of time looking at the feasibility of that, because we were asked to like uh, pursue parallel paths, and, and we did um, with our in-house expertise on our board and outside consultants. We came to the conclusion that we can't spend another three or four years waiting to get approvals from the Attorney General's office and, and submitting plans and, and getting neighborhood input. We are ready to go at the um, Randolph Avenue <coughs> site. Uh, if you've been to visit the animal shelter, you know what condition it's in. It was built back in the 70s as a temporary shelter, and it's it's time for that building to be taken down and, and, and rebuilt. In, in a perfect world, rebuild it at the same site, but there's just too many complications for us to pursue that without having to wait years. Um, and, and even if we pursued that avenue, you know, we could come to a dead end. And I, I think we owe it to a town employee who works there and to the town to provide an animal shelter for, for the town and, 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 um, and the animals that it shelters. The, the type of work they do just like on one weekend this, in September, uh, on a Saturday, there was a hoarding situation where 18 cats had to be brought to the shelter. There were two dogs found as strays up in the Blue Hills one which had been hit by a car and was taken in for emergency surgery. I mean, they have, they're busy all the time with the most unusual cases. If you could follow Miss um, <clears throat> Bersani for a day or two, you, you would be amazed at what she does. And uh, the volunteers that, that um, work for the Milton Animal League at no cost in, in that kind of deplorable conditions, um, 
I, I really doing yeoman's work up there, or yo woman's work, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> yo people. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're asking, um, you, you've had time to review access construction. I think there were some questions tonight about why we're going with one bid. Um, modular construction is a, a very um, unique type of construction, and there are only, <coughs> I, I think there are three or four uh, contractors in the state of Massachusetts that are DCAM certified, and that you need a DCAM certification to build with a, a municipal building. Um, did you want to add something about the history of the... Oh, and Paul, Paul should be getting that. Yes, Paul Kalis is on, um, is at your meeting, but you'll need to make him, I think, a panelist. I think he's been promoted. He's been promoted, he's been promoted already. Promoted. So we really want Paul Kalis, who's the construction manager, current, the project construction manager, the second one, um, by the way, that we have hired and paid for, the Milton Animal League. Um, Paul is going to explain the specifics of where we are on reviewing the proposal that came to the town after the, the bid was put out and his evaluation of, you know, the feasibility of going forward. Um, the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee has voted to ask the select board to support, to, to accept this, this proposal. Um, the Milton Animal League's board um, has also voted to ask the select board to accept this proposal. Um, just a little bit more background I just want to provide. First of all, I'm Marion McKetrick, um, and I was engaged in 2014 as the attorney for the Milton Animal League as they began to contemplate entering into a memorandum of understanding <coughs> and a project funding agreement to try to move forward on building a new Milton Animal Shelter. The Animal Shelter is a town building. It's never been envisioned to be anything else. It's a town building now, however decrepit it may be. It's on land that is leased from the Governor Stoughton Trust, not for a very large amount, but there's a lease. Um, so we are, the Milton Animal League, when it under, uh, undertook the, or agreed to the MO, you know, entered into discussion about the Memorandum of Understanding, and then when uh, the town and the Milton Animal League entered into the funding agreement, the agreement initially was that the Milton Animal League would raise all of the funds necessary to build the new animal shelter, even though it was going to be a town shelter and even though it was going to serve town purposes. And um, we went through the whole process. Uh, advisory committee was appointed by the select board. Um, a, a design was constructed, but was developed for the shelter after hiring an architect and hiring engineers. All of that has been paid for by the Milton Animal League. So far, the Milton Animal League has expended approximately $420,000. It, um, it has available an additional $700,000, which it will contribute to the construction cost. It has additional funds in its investment account, but it has to keep some funds on hand. All of the select board members have received copies of our sort of a quick summary of, of the financial situation and also the fact that the Milton Animal League employs an accounting firm. So it, it does have somebody helping them administer its funds. The major contribution for this project all along was always the promise of the Copeland Foundation. It was a smaller amount back in you know 2006. This is how old this discussion is. At that time, the Milton Animal League actually engaged an architect to design a conceptual building at the Stoughton land. 
<clears throat> in 2006, um, after discussion, and I was on the select board at the time, in public with um, coverage in the newspaper, the Public Charities Division called the select board in for a meeting and said, you cannot do this because you have not figured out what to do with the rest of the land. And that's how the whole project with Pulte came to be, and it's already been described to you. But when I was uh, off the select board uh, and agreed to engage uh, to, to uh, represent the Milton Animal League, I had a lot of history with this land and with this project, with the history. Um, I'm aware of the value of the Governor Stoughton property. I'm sensitive to the difficult position the trustees are in and the select board is in in trying to decide what to do with the land. So in 2014 or 15, when the select board uh, voted uh, as they were allowed to do in the uh, funding agreement that we had entered into to select the site, and they didn't select the Stoughton site, they selected land that the town already owned, unencumbered land that was on the access road, by the way, not on the dump. It's on land that led to the dump. It's called the dump access road. Um, we didn't object to that because the, the Milton Animal League wants to build a new shelter and that is all it wants to do. And it wants to do it as soon as possible. And we've really reached the end of the line here because here we are in September. It's 20 years after I first engaged in this discussion with the select board when I was a member of the select board. And there's no new animal shelter. We've gone through uh, a, a massive bid that went out and was way too expensive for an actual designed building. We know now, having reviewed that, that we cannot possibly build the modest, with the modest funding that we have and will always have for this purpose in this town, we cannot build that type of shelter. So that's why we have turned to the alternative of modular construction. It's a good alternative and it is used in, in a number of different ways today. So I'm going to ask Paul Kalis to explain to you what the present status of, of his review is and why it is that we're, you know, we're here today to ask you to approve, accept it, to approve and accept <coughs> this proposal so that we can proceed with this project and get this shelter built. And, and Mr. Kalis has been promoted. And, and Mr. Kalis, you have a presentation. Do you, uh, are, are you going to drive or is Mr. Milano going to drive on the presentation? or? Um, I do have a slideshow prepared. Um, thank you very much. Um, and I need to uh, share a screen. Bear with me just a moment. Can folks see a PowerPoint presentation in front of um, whatever screen they're looking oh, at? We can, sir. Okay. So, um, I'll just begin this. Um, the, um, as you know, we're here to talk about the modular construction of the Milton Animal Shelter Project. And um, uh, I will skip over this slide about the background because it was just, um, I think, more than adequately covered by the chairman um, and, uh, and Marion and look at what the next actions uh, may be for this. And that is to consider the award uh, based on the advisory committee recommendation uh, that they gave last Wednesday 
And uh, if that's acceptable to the select board, then to uh, enter a contract with the, uh, the company that's uh, sent in the, the responsive proposal, Access Construction, and then, of course, to prepare the site, design, fabricate, install the building, and a year from now, occupy it. Um, on the screen in front of you is the floor plan for the proposed building. This floor plan was put together by uh, uh, Warren uh, Friedenfeld, uh, uh, the, uh, who is the architect of the, um, of the previous uh, This plan has been reviewed with the uh, animal control officer and uh, members of the uh, advisory committee and found to have all of the space necessary. Nothing, uh, nothing extra, uh, just the, uh, the functions needed to be able to have, the, um, uh, have a, a working animal shelter. A um, couple of features that it has just to kind of walk you through it a little bit. Um, these are the various um, dog runs or kennels that are um, are located uh, here is central in the in the building and there is a separate um, kennel for uh, animals that have to be separated from uh, dogs that might be up for adoption uh, there is windows on the uh, um, you know facing this area the doors have windows in it, um, and there are skylights that are above the uh, kennels as well so that there's natural light. There is, um, this corner right here is for cats. Uh, the dogs and the cats have separate ventilation systems uh, for their areas, and uh, every, and the rest of the building has, uh, where mostly humans uh, reside, uh, the offices, the laboratory, the community room, etc., has its. Oh, we've lost your audio, Mr. Mr. There is a garage that's at grade, and this garage is also a sally port for the animal control officer's vehicle, so that um, if there is a if the animal control officer has a animal in the uh, in the vehicle. The garage door can be closed, mm. and if the animal were to get loose, uh, it's still contained within the, the garage. So that's that's the Sally Port uh, capability. Uh, it is fully um, uh, wheelchair accessible um, and uh, as required. And um, I think this is, uh, you know, a very uh, it's a good floor plan. And it is uh, designed in a manner in which that can be constructed as uh, as a modular building. Let's see here. I'm trying to get this to. Um, slide here. I'm going to stop share for a moment, and then I'm going to try this again.
This is. I apologize. Uh, oh. This. We're seeing your. Um, we're seeing your. Um, desktop. Your desktop right now, Mr. Yep. Do you do you want uh, maybe Mr. Milano? Can he help you with uh, the presentation or? Yeah, Paul. I have. Uh, um, I should be able to get this squared away. No, wait. Here we go. Stop share. Okay. Can folks? Yes, we, we see it well. Yes. Can folks hear me? Yes, we can hear you, sir. Okay. So, can folks see this uh, photograph of the woods here? Yes, we can. Okay, so that's the present site. The civil engineer um, on the site had indicated that, that the corner of the building happened to be where this little rock outcropping is. Uh, that's the site as it is today. And this is a site plan of uh, the layout of the building on the site. So it has a driveway with parking. Uh, it has a side driveway, which also provides uh, access to any uh, vehicles that need to get to the back, either emergency vehicles or otherwise. It has a pad for a future um, generator. Um, and um, uh, the, uh, and it of course has the building of which the floor plan that we just, uh, we were just looking at. Um, uh, these are the elevations that are proposed for the building uh, from the RF, from the from the proposal that we received from Access Construction, and this is the front entrance, the garage that we talked about earlier. This is um, the west side. This is the side that's over here on the side of the garage. Uh, this is. This opposite side, which has this outdoor um, cat porch, it's basically a, a large caged-in area in which cats would be able to be outside for, for periods of time. And then this is the building elevation for the back, which has uh, doors from the kennel area um, in order to go to the um, uh, rear of the building. That would be uh, that would be fenced in. Perspective views of the front entrance. Again, this is that uh, cat porch area, the front entrance, the garage. And uh, next, uh, you know, maybe the most, one of the most important parts of the project, which is the um, budget for the project. And since we did this slideshow uh, last week, I know that um, part of this had received a tweak 
and I'm going to bring up that file for you now. And um, do that. Uh, in front of you, do you see a spreadsheet? We do, yes. sir. Thank you. Um, so this is the, uh, the project budget for construction, the modular buildings to design, fabricate, install the modular building. Uh, the proposal from Axis um, is $3,338,062. Um, in their proposal, they had excluded ledge from the project and uh, we are um, telling you that you could probably anticipate based on uh, you know what we, we can see visually on, and on the uh, on the site drawings that we'll probably have about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of ledge that we're going to uh, that we're going to encounter and uh, that but that we're confident that we're going to need to uh, and have to get rid of. Um, there may be as much as $278,000 worth of additional ledge. These two quantities, the 250 and the 278, um, those numbers we came up with by um, calculating the footprint of the parking area and the building. Uh, and then, um, you know, multiplying that by, you know, cubic foot. Uh, and that's how we got to these numbers. And we're pretty sure you're gonna, we're gonna spend, you know, a quarter of a million to 250,000. And then we uh, feel that it would be necessary. Yep. Again, uh, and that contingency brings you out to essentially the assumption that all of the entire site is ledge we don't it's not entirely ledge but that's what the uh you know what the basis of this um, calculation is in addition to that for um change orders uh for the project for anything that might change uh for whatever reason and uh if we don't uh and i would anticipate that the only changes that may come up would be ones that were uh, changes in design. Lost his audio. Uh, every, it's a turnkey uh, design build project so that uh, um, you, you, may, you may not have uh, need to spend that. Though I'm sure there's gonna be something, but we thought it would be uh, important to carry about two and a half percent for the uh, for a for a change order contingency, uh, one change that might come up is the um, you know uh, dressing up the entrance uh, the entryway with a different kind of uh, overhang and everything on the entrance to um, uh, perhaps make it more attractive. Uh, moving down to uh, some soft costs here, the civil engineer LAL engineering. Uh, Hill International for the construction fees services. Uh, there is $11,900 in RFAs um, 
contract that's unspent. I'm not sure that that is going to be uh, necessary uh, to spend. But um, you know, certainly it's under it's in contract with them, and it's we include in the budget here. Um, Ten thousand dollars for furniture. Some chairs. Um, put in twenty five hundred dollars for te technology and security. A couple of you know laptops, uh, wireless access points. Uh, it's you know again pretty modest. It's not a very big building. Uh, utility costs. This fifteen thousand dollars is a real kind of a guess. But there will be the connection. There is uh, electric brought out to the site, but to put a transformer there and uh, to make that connection, uh, we think it's important to carry a little bit of money for um, the uh, you know for that cost. And then uh, soft cost contingency. If there's any other engineering or anything else uh, additional um, that's called for, that doesn't fall within the realm of. Uh, of construction, uh, we think it's prudent to carry a little contingency there, and so our total project cost base will come out to, uh, in adding all of this up, uh, four million one hundred thousand and eighty-two dollars. So about four point one million dollars, and uh, so that is uh, what we believe the cost of the project will be. And I would like to, I think, turn this over to Nick to discuss the, uh, the other side of the uh, spreadsheet here, the, the funding for it. Sure. Thanks, Paul. Um, so in order to have this in front of everybody so you could see both sides of the equation, uh, we've pulled in all of the committed funds and received funds um, to date, uh, just going from top to bottom, uh, the Milton Annabelle construction contribution of $700,000 that's been referenced previously, the Copeland Foundation committed uh, contribution of $2.5 million that's been referenced previously, as well as the $700,000 um, contribution from the town that has been approved by town meeting um, as uh, supported by debt uh, by town meeting. We received last year an earmark in the state budget, so um, the state uh, fiscal year 23 budget included $40,000 for the Milton um, Animal Shelter Project. 20000 of that has been spent, leaving 20000 unspent to be used going forward. And then the overall gift account balance um, for this project has about um, $12,500 remaining um, currently. Below that, you see three, four lines of Milton Animal League because the Milton Animal League has already paid for um, each of these services for soft costs. They have, we have received a check from the Animal League for $20,000 to cover LAL engineering's fee. We have already received, and in our account is the $92,000 for Hill International's construction phase services, as well as $11,900 for RFA, the architect. In addition to that, the Animal League has um, indicated that they'll support um, the small furniture and fixtures uh, that would come as part of the building. Um, speaking with IT, uh, while we, we have one town employee who would use the building, so um, we would make sure that her laptop, whether it needs to be replaced or not, would be. Um, and we have a small allowance here for wireless access points um, and cameras um, as necessary moving forward. Um, so if you take that all together, uh, that's total available and committed funding of about $4,069,000. Um, so again, looking over at the summary side on the left-hand side of the screen, um, including all of the, the contingency funds, um, 
anticipating all the contingency monies to be spent, um, we're about $31,000 off of that budget. Um, but again, that was, that's assuming the contingencies are all spent down. So that's, that's all of our money committed and received, accounted for um, presently in front of you. And obviously, we'll take any questions on that. But um, Paul, why don't you, you, want to you can move on from there, Paul. And I think you have a scheduled okay. slide. Right? <clears throat> Okay, uh, back to the power. Sorry, I got to shift forward again here. Okay, this is where we left off at the budget. Uh, in the proposal, they included a schedule, of course, and um, the important dates that are uh, that are that pulled out of the fine print here. Uh, they. Uh, are assuming in their proposal that they submitted uh, the beginning of September that there could be a contract executed at the end of September. They would begin the site preparation in November. They would continue the site preparation until uh, into January. Um, in June, and of course, during this time, you'd have all the shop drawing review um, and uh, getting the permits and so forth from the building department, number of those those items. And um, uh, then uh, they would be, um, you know, fabricating the buildings in June. They'd be putting the foundations on the prepared. In August and be substantially complete um, September, 27th, September for substantial completion. I will say that there is, uh, this isn't a very aggressive schedule. Things don't happen one right after another, anything like that. But this is what's in their proposal. And uh, in the RFP, we had indicated uh, a one-year duration. So that's, this is what they, they came back with. I think that they could probably improve on that, but that's, Uh, and anyway, that concludes the, um, the slideshow. And I couldn't resist putting this picture on it for everybody to see. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Kaluz. Um, does anyone from the um, uh, advisory committee of the Animal League have anything further to add before we go to questions, comments? That's crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> no? All right, comments or questions from the members? Ms. Bradley. Thank you so much, Mr. Chair. I just wanted to touch upon what I had talked about last week um, regarding Mal's finances. Um, my mind has been completely put to ease. Thank you so much for preparing that document. Um, I have been made aware of some things that might have been faulty with the accounting, and it looks like there isn't. Everything is well within its scope. Uh, you have your own 
um, accounting firm, and if you ever hit the number, magic number, to get an audit done, you will do so. Um, I really appreciate the letter, and I appreciate you doing that. It's none of my business how you go about your fundraising. Um, I thought you're a private nonprofit entity, but I do appreciate since we're going to enter into this together in partnership, seeing that and knowing that everything is A-OK -okay on your end. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, and one more thing. Ms. Bradley. Thank you so much, Mr. Chair. And as I've said from the very beginning of this discussion is that I want this off our desks. I want the animal shelter off our desks. I want it done, built, the quickest way possible. I've said that from day one and asked, asked Mr. Chair. I, um, <laughs> I just think this started you know, before I even had children. My daughter's now a junior in college. Like, this is ridiculous. It's time that we move on. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, and again, thank you for providing the information so that I could uh, sleep well at night. I should introduce Victoria Shea. She's our treasurer, and she provided that information for you. Thank you. Just make sure you talk into the mic when you, uh, so everyone can hear you. Um, um, Mr. Wells and then Mr. Zoll. It's always beating me to the punch. Just quickly, Mr. Chair, and then I'm going to come back. This board voted and requested a full audit from the Milton Animal League, not the 12-hour document. I know Ms. Bradley may seem happy with it. I am not. I, that is the vote that this board took, and that is what I expect to see. Thank you. All right. I'm not aware of any vote. Uh, we did vote take a vote, audit. Mr. Okay, Chair. I'm not, aware of any vote. I'm not aware of any vote for a full audit. Mr. Zoll. Uh, yeah, I just want to acknowledge because I know um, obviously the Copeland Foundation's very generous contribution to this, but many people have contributed uh, to this um, in smaller gifts. And for many people, a $100 gift or a $200 gift or even a $50 gift is just as meaningful for their pocketbooks as, as a million dollar gift is for other folks. So I, I just want to acknowledge. Many people, including uh, one of my own children, who raised a little bit of money for this again, I think about six years ago, uh, with the uh, with the brownies. Um, uh, there's been a lot of Milton residents who have really stepped up to contribute what they can for this. We've had a 20-year process. Uh, we've had multiple votes across multiple generations of different town uh, bodies uh, that this is the site that we want. This is the time that we can do it. The idea that we could be voting on this tonight and have a new shelter before October of 2024 is just fantastic. I'm excited about this. Um, and so I just wanted to say a, a moment of thanks for all of the various people across Milton who have contributed to this, because their dollars are about to be put to some very good use. And I know for many of them, it was a stretch uh, to make those gifts. And I thank uh, the Animal League for raising some of those funds and uh, everyone else who's, who's contributed. So thank you. Other comments or questions? Ms. Musto. Thank you. I would like to ask a few questions of um, Access First, if that's possible. The gentleman that, or, or was on. Mr. Kaluz. Thank you. Yes. Callis, yes. I think his oh, name Callis, sorry. Callis. <laughs> sorry. I apologize. <clears throat> Mr. Callis, are you, uh, are you still with us, sir? Yes. If you could unmute. I am. OK, that would be great. Hi, thank you. I, would want, I was looking at the scope of work. I wanted to know if you could explain a little bit for me. Um, there are three columns here, excluded, access, and client. So if it says client, I assume that's the town, correct? Is that yes. separate? OK. Um, there are several things under this. Um, let me just, I apologize. Um, engineering, uh, electrical engineering, 
Um, there was something about, um, let me find it. There's a bunch of engineering, for instance, surveying, geotech, civil, and so forth. So the town is paying separately for that? Has already paid for it. They've it's already, already completed and it's in the bid package. Okay. How about the concrete testing? Can you speak uh, to that? The um, uh, material testing that will be uh, that will be an added cost, but that's under um, our company. We have um, a budget for uh, some reimbursable expenses, and we anticipate that um, the limited amount of concrete testing that we would have to do for the you know for the small foundation that this building has will fit w well within that. Um, what that allowance is. So that that won't be extra then. It's within the cost of the no, project. No, it's not extra. Not ex not uh, it's already budgeted and it's in our um, it's in our contract. Okay. Um, so there because there were several things in here. I just wanted to make sure those were covered. Uh, and then I want to talk a little bit about the ledge. So I know when this first we first got this proposal um, the cost of ledge was in the 700s, right, per cu uh, cubic yard or however they do that. Um, I'm trying to understand how the p price of the cubic yard is now half that cost. Can you explain that a little bit? Speak to that. Paul, if you dropped out, her question was, um, can you give us kind of what has happened since the bid was received in regards to the ledge unit prices? They were at over $700 at one point. Now that price has come down. Can you tell us about the process that um, we've gone through to get that price down and why it's at where it is now? Um, the process that we went through to get that down, uh, the $700 is like unbelievably astronomical. Uh, and. Um, they had the access construction on to some uh, civil contractors in the area. Um, and the lowest price civil contractor, that was the unit price that they had in their proposal to access. And subsequent to that, um, members of the, of the uh, advisory committee and Hill, we gave Mr. Callis, could you repeat, Mr. Callis, Mr. Callis, could you repeat that because your, your audio fa faded? Could you repeat what you just said because we lost you? We lose you, oh, every, we lose you um, every few minutes uh, just for a little bit. So if you could yeah. just keep an eye on me and I'll tell you if we lose you. So could you give us that again, please? Okay. <laughs> um, the original proposal for ledge was astronomically high, and we complained about it. Uh, and the uh, contractor access said that, well, that's the low price that we had received from our lowest bid on the site work. And um, so, you know, they had, we had uh, talked about it with the uh, advisory committee. The advisory committee had a couple more names of some local. Uh, Milton site work contractors uh, with which to share to access. And we had another contractor that that was uh, not far away, gave them also the that uh, identity of that contractor would be able to handle the job. 
and they went out for other pricing and uh, the other pricing came in more favorable. And that's why it's, um, you know, in the $300 range, which we still find to be as, find to be high, but um, uh, it's certainly not the astronomical number that they first proposed. Can I ask a follow-up? Oh, please, yeah. Did folks under, did, did yeah, that come on all right? Yes, yes, we heard, yes, you. We heard you. <clears throat> now, the ledge that you've estimated, you said it's for where the building sits and the parking. Um, what about the access road getting up there and utilities? Do you have to bring utilities up there? Um, you know, do you have to widen the road? You know, is there a possibility there's ledge under that road? Yeah, there's, um, you know, that we just use that as a number to try to have some basis for, um, you know, a budget. Mr. Callis, Mr. Callis, we lost you again. If you could repeat that, please. Um, I'll try this again. Okay. Um, <laughs> we had used the footprint of the building in the parking lot as kind of like what could be the what would be the biggest area that we might have ledge that we absolutely oh, <laughs> use that and just kind of knowing that well in the parking area maybe we don't have to take down so much but we might have some over here but uh, we had came up with uh, 1500 cubic yards you know basically is what we think if is being like the worst case scenario and uh so that's the number that we use to um, oh boy. <laughs> i think that was the end <clears throat> yeah. but okay. yeah, Ms. 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 Musto. oh hey paul could you um if you could you dial in with your cell phone because um, we lose you if you drop out for like 10 15 seconds every couple of minutes and if you dial in in your cell I can allow you to speak and you can communicate with us through your cell. You can take your video off, obviously, at that point. Um, I think that just might be a better connection for us um, at this point, especially as there might be continued questions and back and forth. If there's anything in the meantime. Well, Tyler, because he goes yeah, in and out. I know. <laughs> and you're waiting for that answer, but. Right. Yeah. Sorry about that.
may have to turn his audio off on his Blue. computer. Blue. Yes. Blue. <laughs> Mr. Callis, we're getting some feedback. You may have to turn off your audio on your computer. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough just to mute yourself. You've got to turn your speakers off, Mr. Callis. <laughs> He's getting the audio through with it. It'd still come through, right? <laughs> oh, there you go. Hi, am I still muted? No, that yeah. that's that sounds great. All right, are you ready? Oh, thank goodness. All right, okay. <laughs> we we feel the same. Yeah. Um, Ms. Musto, please go ahead. Thank you. Um, so one of the questions I had was on the access road. Um, getting up there, do you have to bring the utilities up there? Uh, there is the already um, electrical power. There's a, there's a uh, there's, there's uh, electricity that's on the access road uh, that goes right by the site, and the water actually comes down from that um, that subdivision that's on the other side of the site. So you don't anticipate any road work no. to get into the site? Uh, we're not we're not putting any on it as part of the project at all. I mean, there's there's the road as it is, and that would be the access to the site. So there's no further road work that needs to be done to get to the site, is what you're saying? That's correct. Well, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it, it could stand. That road could stand improvement, but uh, it's not part of the project as it is. Um, the other thing is on this letter that we got from the Animal League. It talked about um, potentially additional costs for the installation of the generator. So it sounded like you you have the pad. You're pouring a pad, but you're not going to be supplying a generator. Is that correct? So the, the generator would have to be procured separately. So it's and part perhaps of it. we don't, you know, not all the money is spent on the ledge and there's some extra. But the other, the other reason that we um, did not put the generator in is it, it's easy to, you know, to procure one uh, to add on later. But also the lead time to obtain generators lately have been, uh, you know, approximately a year. Although for a building of the size, um, you know, it's probably a pretty modest generator. But on, you know, other civic and public projects that we've done, uh, generators take about a, uh, over a year to obtain. And when you talk, I just want to go back for a minute. When you talk about ledge, how deep are you going in the ground with the ledge that you're anticipating? Um, are you anticipating up to a certain depth? Uh, approximately, actually, not uh, not really that deep because the uh, uh, the foundations for the building are going to be concrete piers um, that are going to be augered uh, into the ground, and their depth actually could be found on uh, on, on existing ledge that that may be there, and uh, but we're, we're assuming approximately three feet, four feet uh, depth. 
And if you run into less ledge, the, the, um, that remaining money will go back to us? There will be money that's unspent. So I'm a little concerned because and how that uh, what and what happens with that money that's unspent um, would be up to I presume to your to your board to determine what to do with it. Uh, so I have a couple of questions and comments. First, I, looking at the design, I think it's a very simple design, and I you know applaud that we're going to build a shelter. I would like to see it a little bit nicer than that. Um, aesthetically. Um, the second point I have is, you know, I applaud the Milton Animal League for what they've done and, and what they've done on this budget that they've had and so forth and, uh, and how diligently they've been working towards getting an animal shelter at this location. However, that being said, the Governor Stoughton land, we cannot overlook the fact that we have five million dollars um, to potentially put the animal shelter there. This is coming in on a very, very tight um, schedule in terms of money. Not a lot of give in this budget. And if you run into something, you know, a price change on something or something unforeseen um, that delays something, uh, you're, in, you're in trouble because you're going to have to come back for more money. And I know that the MOU that was signed, it was saying that you would not come back to the town for more money. Now, I know Ms. Bradley had asked for um, you know, some financial documents with the Milton Animal League. I thank you for doing this, because it was a short timeline. I do appreciate that. However, if you were going to a bank and you needed to get a loan and you had a business, this wouldn't suffice. You would need something a little bit more from your accountant, perhaps, you know, a letter from them um, or something. So I, I don't think that's enough. Um, I appreciate it because of the timeline that you're trying to do that we got this, but I don't think that suffices for meeting that. I think that we, the one thing is that we're a fiduciary body and we all want the animal shelter and it's long overdue. We, we appreciate that and I appreciate all of the work you've done. But to sit here and not look at that other site if we've already sent an RFP looking at affordable housing at that site, I'm sure we're going to get a fairly quick turnaround on that. Why wouldn't we go to the AG with something on the animal shelter at that site? $5 million gives you a lot of leadway. You could have a beautiful looking building. Um, we know pretty much what to expect on that site because we have an existing building there now at the town farm. Um, and so while I, I you know, want to see something, I think we also have an obligation to the residents. If this comes in on this site and it comes in over, which when you're dealing with ledge, if you ask any contractors, you had you know, two gentlemen that came at the earlier meeting. Sean Fahey does commercial construction. And you had an engineer here, too, with Mike Kelly. Um, th they know this business a little bit, too. And ledge is an unknown. And I appreciate what, we're, what we have in for contingencies. But I think that at the end of the day, you know, you have some idea of what you're going to encounter, but you really never know on any construction site. Um, I would rather that we really seriously 
look at the other side as well. And I know that there's this feeling that we just want to you know, get it off the books and get it done. But we also have a fiduciary responsibility. What happens if this goes in 100,000 or 200,000 over? Do we go out to the residents and say, hey, you know, we have this you know, 200,000 we have to you know, get the money for because they're already in the middle of construction. Can't leave them hanging in the middle of construction. You have to finish the project. So I think for us to not look at that other option with a $5 million um, potential, and I appreciate Marion saying that it would may be long, but maybe it wouldn't be if you've already sent out an RFP, if we had that business plan and you went to the AG. Thank you. Yeah, so just, just to clarify, in that uh, hypothetical, if they were over by 100 or 200,000, that would be fine because there's a 363,000 total contingency, which includes the ledge, the soft costs, and the construction. Now, I'm talking about that, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So you but have, over that. Oh, over the. Yes, okay, yes. Okay. I know about the contingency. So the, the total contingency is 8.8% of the project. If you remove the $30,000 that is not currently funded, you still have a, totally, a total funded contingency in this project of 8%. 8 $332,034 as a total contingency. Um, so, um, you know, I will, I will say uh, on this, we have the land, we have a plan, we have the money, uh, and we have a timeline that gets this built uh, within a year. We have a project that has been unanimously approved by our advisory committee that has been working on this for eight years or more. We have a unanimous uh, approval from the Milton Animal League, our partners on this, that have been, who've been working on this for more than a decade, I believe, or at least a decade, if not more. Um, and uh, with respect to this 2.5, additional $2.5 million, um, you know, <laughs> uh, for this project, we have the land, we have the plan, we have the money, uh, we have a timeline. Uh, $2.5 million, we have no document, we have, uh, we have the possibility of an additional $2.5 million to use sometime in the future. But there is certainly no definiteness to any additional or any alternative project. Um, so uh, this is the project we have before us. It's been, it's been um, the work of so many people for nine years, eight years, nine years, uh, and so this is, this is the opportunity, given that we have the land, the plan, the money, and the timeline. Mr. Zoll, and then Mr. Wells. Uh, uh, Mr. Chair, I'd like to make a motion. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, just before I make the motion, I'd just like to add that, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around costs and saving the town money. Nothing um, drives up costs like time in the construction business, and we've been in this discussion for years at this point. I mean, how, many, how many dollars could we have saved the town if we had gotten, gone through with this uh, several years ago? Um, so it's for that reason, uh, I think we've, we've discussed and debated the merits of this. I agree uh, with you, Mr. Chair, about the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the sort of just the, the pressing nature of this. We have a plan, we have the dollars, we have the land. Uh, I, I'm delighted to hear so many people that are so concerned about saving the town dollars. I think we saved the town a lot of money when we, for example, approved uh, the new school to be built on land that the town already has. 
um, which you know eventually we'll get to the school building, but that's going to save us six to eight million dollars because we didn't have to purchase land for that. And I wish that some of the voices that had been raised uh, for this project uh, in terms of saving the town money had been raised uh, for the uh, for around that land swap. Um, so with all of that said, I would like to. Uh, move to approve the contract with Access Corporation Construction Corporation for the Animal Shelter Project located on the Dump Access Road. Mr. Chair, may uh, I make a Mr. comment? Uh, so, so we have a motion. Yeah. Let's. We have a motion. Do we have a oh, second sorry. for the motion? I'll second. We have a second for the motion. Mr. Mil Mr. Mr. Wells, can we hear from Mr. Milano first? I think he has. Sure. Go ahead. Mr. Milano. Motion. So, if the select board is going to make a motion tonight, um, in Discussing with town council, the motion would be to approve a notice of award to Access Construction. Um, there is language in the uh, documents that went out to bid and that will be incorporated into the contract that puts them on notice that this is all subject to gift contingency. Um, so um, the notice of award would be subject to the contingencies in the in the um, in the RFQ and the supplementary general conditions in the contract that um, the town may terminate it if um, it doesn't have whatever funding. So um, the motion is not so much to approve contracts, I apologize, but That's to fine. approve a notice of award to access construction. Uh, so I'll accept that as a friendly amendment. Well, actually, can I do that? Not, not I can't do that. You can't make an amendment. Right, you can make that motion. What's the, what's the language? Approve a notice of award to access construction. OK, so I, I would like to make a motion to approve a notice of awards to access construction for this project. Correct. And I'll second that. Motion's been made and seconded. Mr. Wells. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I know this, I'm going to have to be brief here, but I'll do the best I can. Um, for the record, and don't take this as any disrespect, um, I don't believe you've ever seen, ever seen any of the correspondence between the Milton Animal League and the Copeland Foundation. To the best of my record, I've never seen anything that has been trans, trans uh, sent to the town. Um, uh, two points in your in your layout of it. One of the things that you forgot to mention was that this board also voted to direct the Animal Shelter Advisory Committee to seek parallel paths for both this site and this big site at um, Governor Stoke Lane. Lastly, a little bit of historical fact. When the gift was raised, the possibility of the gift was raised to 2.5 million, it was based on a 7,000 square foot building. Can I ask the, uh, the OPM what the square general, total square foot footing for this building is? If he's still there. Mr. Mr. Callis? Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, yes. can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, 4,100 square feet. So that's a reduction of 3,000, square feet? Yes. I just want to put that on the record. Sorry, I'll fall. Sorry, I just want to put it on the record. Mr. Chair, just a final point? Yes, please. Ultimately, and, and no disrespect to you as either, Mr. Zola, you just got here. I've been in this for 20 years. So um, no one wanted this more. No one fought for this more. I don't think anyone, anyone advocated for this more. 
Um, I was chair of the capital committee who were together with uh, town accountant Amy Dexter and our former interim town administrator, Amory Fagan, came up with the idea to bring Mr. Ritchie and the prior OPM, Paul Hogan, in to meet with us as to how possibly we could deal with this snitch deal. If you remember the two prior bids were between five and seven million dollars, the alleged estimate at that time was between 1.5 and 1.8 million dollars for ledge removal. We came up with an idea, we came up with an initial proposal to ask the town for 1.1 million dollars for ledge to deal with ledge removal at that site. The capital committee originally approved that and before that came with our full package to the select board doing other costs as you know Mr. Chair, Chair and Ms. Bradley being on the finance committee we had to reduce that amount to seven hundred thousand dollars. I do find it very hard to believe that that ledge issue which I've walked I don't even know how many contractors I've met with up there and Mr. Fahey just re-echoes everything from Mr. Cohane and Mr. O'Donnell to our former Bill Ritchie that the ledge cost there will exceed one million dollars. So finally, I'll go back to my final point, as our fiduciary obligation to the citizens of town. If we were to, and, and before I say that, Mr. Zoos, Mrs. McGetrick has had extensive conversations with that donor. She knows who they are, she knows their credibility, and she can confirm anything that I'm saying about them tonight. But if she chooses not to, that's fine. Um, if the town were to put on an RFP, to uh, put that land for sale to do meet all of the needs of the 2011 RFP, you would return a minimum of $700,000 to the town budget. You would return $700,000 to the Milton Animal League, which would immensely help because they're spending almost everything they have by their own document for the running and management and, and Richard, we, but yes. missed, Richard, we missed that last point. I'm almost done. Richard, we missed that last point. You faded out. If you, you could just I repeat said it. The, the final point is yep. the 700000 would also right. go back to the Milton Animal League for the operation and management of that shelter going forward. The town pays minimal. It is anyone in the Milton Animal League knows they pay a lot of to the operating costs. And that would go a long way to what they won't have if you go with this plan. This is fiduciary foolishness. And the final point I want to make, of all those people who came out tonight to speak to us, we really listened. We really listened intently. So that's my final point, Mr. 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 Chair. As someone who has wanted this for so long, I'm going to be voting no as loudly and distinctly as I can tonight for the donors and for the residents of this town. Thank you. Ms. McCutrick, did you have something to add? Uh, I just wanted to, uh, just a point of information that I have provided copies of. The correspondence between the Copeland Foundation um, and Milton Animal League has been through their attorneys, which means it's been through me and their attorney. I have two letters confirming their commitment, their $2.5 million commitment, um, and I have numerous emails. I've definitely provided those letters to either the town administrator or members of the select board. I couldn't tell you now. I'd have to go back and look. But um, you do have that, and I'd be happy to provide it again. Um, and and just, just to make a couple of comments about the potential gift, which is a, was a tremendous 
it was tremendous to hear that that was a possibility. The Milton Animal League and the um, Advisory Building Committee do not have the built authority over the Governor Stoughton site. We, we just don't. And it's, there's obviously a fairly complicated process for determining what can be done with that land, and it's lengthy. That's the reason the advisory, um, the Shelter Advisory Committee ultimately recommended, um, first of all, that a bid be put out because we wanted to see what price came back for this um, modular shelter. Because I can tell you one thing, if the modular shelter was unaffordable, its base bid was unaffordable, there's really no way that we're going to have, that we were going to have enough money to do this project. Second point I want to make about the Governor Stoughton site is that we haven't done a site study. We don't know if there's a ledge up there. We do know that value would have to be paid for that land, either a long-term lease or a payment. The land is extremely valuable today in Milton. An acre of land is in a good location is selling for $800,000 or more. I don't know how much land could possibly be devoted for the use of the shelter, but I do know that it would have to be paid for. So it, it, the $2.5 million would begin to be eroded by some of these costs. That's not to say it wouldn't be a great thing to have it. And I have asked the donor if they would be willing to contribute those funds for the existing site or even a portion of those funds. It would be tremendous if they would be willing to do that. The answer I've received is that they are only interested in contributing for the Soton site. That's fine. I mean, that's, that's the right of every charitable organization. They make their own decisions, and they have their own purposes for, for why they condition a gift in a certain way. But it, it's not so simple. Um, and finally, I want to say that the, um, we've been designing, working on designing this shelter since 2015 with an architect. Um, his first design came in at about 7,000 square feet. That was more than we wanted. We wanted it to be no more than 5,000, and there are some zoning reasons why we wanted that, as well as just we thought that would be a large enough shelter. So there was a redesign process, and he brought the size of the architect design shelter down to 5,000 square feet. The Copeland Foundation has been kept informed of these changes as we've gone along, mostly through emails to their attorney, um, and also just because a member of the select board is on the foundation board. But, um, then we received bids between $5.3 million and $7.3 million approximately for that architect design building. That was two years ago. Time is passing, costs are increasing. We're not going to be doing an architect design shelter. The city of Quincy has a $20 million shelter that they're building. That's an architect design shelter. And in fact, the, their whole project change and, and the, changed, and the city undertook to pay for the whole shit, for the cost of the shelter rather than it being private donations for that reasons. That's not going to happen here in Milton, and we know it. We know that this modular building, there are a couple of architectural features that can be added to make it look more interesting. It's a simple building. It's not the structure that we originally would have liked to have had. But we simply don't have the money. And an animal shelter, while it's extremely important, it has to compete against fire stations and schools and many other needs that the capital needs of the town of Milton. In addition to which, if private donations are going to fund this shelter, the cost has to be kept reasonable. And this is a reasonable cost, and it is the best 
possible costs that I think we can achieve. So I think this is the right time. I think we should go forward with this project. Um, I appreciate the comments and the concerns. I appreciate the concerns about ledge. This is a modular building. It's going to be on a slab. It's going to be supported by piers. The whole building isn't an excavation. There's no cellar. And yes, there will be, have to be a driveway, and that they'll have to be excavated to a certain depth, but not a great depth. These are all factors that, while I'm concerned about the ledge, we have been all along. We have a project manager who's looking at it with us. We have an engineer. And we feel that it's a risk that we are willing to take and that we w we're committed to, to paying for the project. So thank you very much. Mr. Wells, your hand is still up. Or do you have something? Oh. Do you, have, do you have something further or no? Oh, you do. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Ms. Musto. Thank you. Um, I appreciate everything that um, Ms. McGatrick just said. I just want to reiterate that you know we do have a fiduciary responsibility to all the residents in this town. And if this ends up being more money, then who's on the hook for it? You can't stop a project in the middle of, of doing a project. you know. Um, so that is a concern. And I think Mr. Wells had brought up some interesting points about um, walking the land and you know, talking to previous people about the ledge. So. Yeah, I, Mr. Zoll. No, I'm ready to vote. I, I would sure. just say, with respect to our uh, fiduciary duty, uh, we have a budget that has been prepared by uh, an, a, an expert in the field uh, and has been approved by our Animal Shelter Advisory Committee, Milton Animal League. Um, unanimously, uh, and so um, I think it is. I think we are um, upholding our fiduciary duty by trying to get an animal shelter built. Um, finally, uh, using primarily non-town funds, uh, and so um, so to me that seems to me we're we're um, upholding our fiduciary duty here by by going forward with a project that um, that is. Largely funded um, by private funds, rather. Ms. Ms. Musto. Um, I, the only thing I do want to add to that is that, again, we have a donor, 2.5 million, and I think, you know, we do have a responsibility to really look at that because that's five million dollars. So, right. uh, Ms. <clears throat> Bradley, and then Mr. Zoll. Thank you so much, um, Mr. Chair. It was brought up about the 700,000 that was um, approved by town meeting to go towards this, I too thought that um, I could count it as part of my uh, budget if we went in a different direction at being the uh, <laughs> finance chair this year. And I was informed by Mr. Milano, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, but that it's a bonded. It's not like it's sitting in our free cash and I can just easily say, oh, here's the $700,000 again. It, that's not how it works. So um, I was. Oh, please correct me. No, 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 no. It's going to be it's going to be Ms. Bradley, then Mr. Zoll, then Mr. Wells. Yeah. Mr. Zoll. So I just I'm just going to urge us to come to a vote on this. Town meeting has approved this. They've they have dedicated money for this. I, for one, am a little uncomfortable with the idea that someone can come in, and I appreciate that Mr. Wells has known this person and other people have known it, but it is certainly for me not in my definition of a democratic Republican government to have shadowy $2.5 million, again, I'm sure very nice people, 
trying to dictate what the town does with its land. When we have the money, we have a plan, we have the land, let's go ahead and vote for it. I, I feel very uncomfortable with the idea that we're trying to put a whole bunch of eggs into a basket that we don't even know the name of the basket. So that's all I'm going to say. I think we should vote. And I would encourage Mr. Wells to try to limit his comments to a couple of minutes so that those of us who have driven in and actually gotten rides here and have to return to our homes and aren't doing this from the comfort of our own home can eventually get to our own homes. Thank you. Mr. Wells. Well, clearly, Mr. Chair, I'm not going to debate with Mr. Zoll, but that 700000 came from free cash. That $700,000 was voted on by town meeting, Mr. Wells. Thank you. If you'd like to have a dialogue, you could come in in person. We could have that in person. All right, please, please, please. Let's 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 uh, let's uh, let's move on. Um, um, Mr. Milano, do you want to just clarify the 700000 Yeah. So 2022 annual town meeting voted um, as part of their bonded capital items uh, under facilities, animal shelter, $700,000 with a useful life of 30 years. So not free cash. Correct. Could we come to a vote? All right. Yes. Uh, any further discussion? All those in favor, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? No. Mr. Wells? No. Mr. Zoll? Yes. And Mr. Zulis, yes. Okay. Um, item, uh, thank, you to, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our this animal shelter advisory committee. Um, item uh, four uh, discussion approval uh, MBT's response to the select board's letter regarding classification. So uh, we received a response uh, from uh, the MBTA dated September 8th, but it, it, it came in. Uh, later than that, I think it was mailed or came in later than that, but it was dated September 8th. Uh, it came in since our last meeting. Um, and um, the um, sum of it, uh, in my view, uh, was that the, um, the um, MBTA, uh, the Assistant General Manager for Policy and Transit uh, Planning, uh, made clear uh, that the Mattapan line is one of the two light rail lines uh, and that the Mattapan line is a separate line uh, as light rail. Uh, and uh, uh, the um, uh, letter also makes clear that the guidelines are within the purview of the Executive Office of Housing and Liv uh, Livable Communities. Uh, and um, the MBTA states, we are not a party to, nor do we have any oversight whatsoever of EOHLC's implementation of the law in question. That's the MBTA Communities Act. So that was the response to our letter uh, by which we requested a formal explanation with respect to classification and, and, um, and advocated that the previous classification as not ra being rapid transit should be restored. Um, so. Uh, uh, what I did um, was to take that and um, prepare a proposed response because we have now been directed uh, by the executive office, uh, uh, by the MBTA to the executive office of housing and livable uh, communities. This would be a proposed response to the executive office of, hou of housing and livable communities. And um, it, it, uh, what, the, what the letter 
uh, I'm proposing seeks to do is to, uh, uh, is to ask for clarification in what I believe is an inconsistency in the MBTA community, MBT Communities Act guidelines as promulgated by the Executive Office of Housing and Livable Communities. And that inconsistency is as follows. Uh, while Milton is listed in the, in the appendix one as a rapid transit community, if you go to the definitions under the act, it doesn't appear that Milton is a rapid transit community. According to the definitions, again, this is the, these are the, the guidelines from the Executive Office of Housing and Livable Communities. Rapid transit community means an MBTA community, which we are, according to the law, um, within, that has within its borders at least 100 acres of developable station area associated with one or more subway stations. And then the guidelines further define a subway station, meaning as means any of the stops along the MBTA red line, green line, orange line, or blue line, um, including any extensions to such lines now under construction and scheduled to begin service before the end of 2023. The MBTA, the Milton Trolley, is not within that definition of, uh, of a subway station. So it seems to me we need some clarity from the Executive Office of Housing and Livable Communities uh, about that definition. So that's what prompted um, uh, my drafting of this proposed letter. Uh, I will tell you that because uh, the initial letter we sent to the MBTA was a collaborative project with the chair of the planning board and the, uh, <coughs> the town administrator and our director of uh, planning, uh, I sent it to them for their comments. Uh, and the, the planning board chair, um, Planning Board Chair responded that she thought it was an excellent letter and that she'd send it to the Planning Board and, and fully support sending it to the Executive Office of um, Housing and Livable Communities. So, so that is, so I'll stop there and, um, and um, ask for comments or questions on either the response from the MBTA and or uh, the proposed, uh, uh, proposed letter that you have in front of you. Ms. Musta. Thank you. Um, I read the letter. I thought the letter was quite good. Um, just wondering if we could also include Ed Augustus, who's the secretary of the HLC. I think he should be on that as well. Yeah, the, uh, and I'll tell you the reason I included the deputy uh, director, uh, Chris, uh, it's either Klukman or Klutschman. Uh, yeah. um, is it Klutschman? Yeah. Uh, and that, it's because that's the individual to whom Brookline wrote mm -hmm. its letter. Um, about the guidelines, so I thought that might be the appropriate touch point, but um, but that was that's just a guess. <laughs> so maybe Mr. Augustus is the proper well, proper maybe one. Maybe both. I maybe mean, both. I think okay. That's what I'm, I'm Fair implying. Maybe you should do Fair both. Enough. That's Fair all. Enough. Fair enough. Okay. Other comments or questions? Ms. Bradley. Thank you so much, Mr. Chair. I thought this was a great letter. Um, very well put in regards to the way that they've been pushing back about this. I appreciate your uh, level-headedness. Um, and so I would like to make a motion to approve the drafted letter, uh, MBTA response, no, the select board's response to the MBTA letter dated September 8th um, regarding the classification of the Mattapan line. I'll second. Okay. 
motion's been made and seconded. So, so, but the but the the, the motion right. is really to send this letter yes, to the right. EO. Yes. EO. Sorry. Yes. 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 No, that's fine. That's fine. I think we all know what we mean. We just want to be clear. Yes. Um, and with adding that other person on too. Yes, Mr. Augustus. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Wells. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, just a point for you. Uh, might be prudent for you to seek a little um, inside help just for any comments on that. Perhaps maybe this might be something you might want to talk over sidebar with Mr. Muller and see what input he might have on that, I'm given sorry. his uh, vast experience in this arena. I just I thought of that this morning. M Mr. Who? Mr. Mullen? Jeff Mullen. Oh, Jeff Mullen. Mullen. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Mullen. Um, um, okay. Um, um, yeah. Just a thought. It's up to yeah. you. I, I, yeah. I'm not, I just... Well, well, I'll do whatever the board directs. I mean, I, if, if, if we want to, uh, the, the, only, the only suggestion I would make is um, uh, we're kind of running on time here. Um, and if we, um, if, we, if we delay, then we would delay in getting any kind of feedback. So that's the only hesitation I have is just a timing issue on that. Mr. Zoll. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I think everyone knows that I am not in favor of reclassification, but uh, a, a, as I did with the last letter, I am willing to compromise. So if the board feels that this is a path that they want to pursue, please don't put the, you know, does not compromise label on me. I'm not, I didn't <laughs> offer any edits this time, even though I think my edits last time were perfectly fine and my edits to this one would have been sublime. I was concerned about the <laughs> use of the word per adventure, for example, um, which I think could have been simplified, uh, but uh, I'm not going to uh, object to this. And I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ms. Musto. I take, I take the critique on uh, peer adventure. Um, it's Ms. a good word. Ms. Ms. Musto. Just a quick question. Did we also send this to town council? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I sent it to town council, and he was, um, he thought it was, uh, in fact, he, he, uh, he, he thought it was fine, and he made good. a couple of suggestions Perfect. on, on um, references as well. Great. Thanks. So, um, all right. Any further discussion on this? So, Mr. Wells, do, do, do uh, uh, should uh, uh, the only question is delay on that? And that? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Unless you want to maybe a friendly amendment, just approve it, subject to any um, additional comments you seek. I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. I just thought I thought of it this morning. I was thinking about who lived in town that had expertise in this arena and he came into my if, mind if, if the if it's the if it's the uh, will of the board I'll, I'll certainly reach out to mr mullen and um and whether it's in this context or some other context see if uh see if um, see if he has any advice uh mr chair for yes. me oh, I, I i you know i appreciate that but i would not be in favor of uh, amending this letter any further okay um so if there's advice about who should receive it I'm open to that, but I think we've got a letter, and let's let's just go forward with it. Um, I'm fine with that. Then okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mike. I just I think it might even be prudent for you to have a conversation with him, just oh. going forward on this whole thing. And, you oh. know, he spent a lot of time with that. I'll certainly um, do that. He was the secretary for transportation. I, I think it's I think it's a great uh, I think it's a great idea, and I'll certainly do that and report back to the board. Um, all right. Any further discussion on this, uh, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Uh, Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. Mrs. Zulish, yes. Okay. Item five um, is discussion uh, approval expenditure from the Milton Landing Revolving Fund 
for fence installation at Milton Landing. Is this Mr. Milano or Mr. Wells or both? Um, I got my hand up already, Mr. Oh, Chair. Yeah, so, Mr. Chair, go. we can defer yep. any funding on this. Given the, we're running out of time as far as the season, I think I, what I would do is defer this until the spring and do a more, a larger, something similar to this. Uh, in the meantime, I think we're going to ask Quincy to set up a smaller yeah. tour. It's really the, the key thing is to get planning from all three, Boston, Quincy, and the state, and get the EPA people out there, and the city of Quincy would be willing to do that for us. So there'd be no cost to that. So. Mr. Wells, if I may, we were just talking about the um, the uh, the fence installation, the revolving fund for the fence installation. Item five, not item six. Is that? Sorry, that was my bad. I looked right. down. I, I missed right. five. It Sorry. happens. I do it all. I do it all the time. So the so the question. So this is item five, which is uh, the expenditure from the Milton Landing revolving fund for fence installation at Milton Landing. So the question is, is this uh, Mr. Milano or Mr. Wells or, or both? I'll just give you a little to okay. history. Just So when we were making the purchase, Michael, 44 WAF, that was one of the biggest things that came up from residents, from the residents at 88, people who used the landing was that if you walk along that wall, anywhere along from 25 from the York Club all the way down the existing fence was horrific. And there were huge gaps where there was none someone could easily fall in and as, as you know when, when the tide is completely out you're in the mud there so um, the DPW sought sought quotes selected a vendor and that project has been completed and the DPW has submitted the bill to um, Mr. Milano for our approval. I do believe this is the first I didn't I thought everything else that was spent on there was CPA so this is actually the first I believe um, repair that we've done under this new revolving account. Thank you, Mr. Wallace. So I'll give it to Nick from there. He can explain. Yes, Mr. Milano? Uh, sure, yes. We've received the bill. Um, and this this had been brought to the Landing Committee and reviewed and approved by the Landing Committee in June. And um, with that, um, as Mr. Wells indicated, um, DPW did the follow-through and, and, and completed the project. Mr. Zoom. Um Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Mr. Milano, can you remind me, because I don't remember um, hearing a report from the Landing Committee about this discussion or uh, at, a, at a select board meeting. And I'm, I'm just, I'm a little concerned about this because we, there, were a lot, there was a lot of negative comments about the fence that went up from a lot of residents, um, which it's, it, you know, it's, it's for the folks that like to fish down there, it's prohibitive for them for fishing. Um, and this, so something like this is something that I would have expected that we would have uh, heard about at the select board. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have approved it, um, but I just don't remember hearing about it. it, it actually, this discussion, Mr. Zoll started way before you even on this mm -hmm. board, and, and it was one of the biggest safety concerns. I heard the DPW actually notify me about some of the Facebook comments. I don't see how it hurts fishing at all down there. And I've, looked at it so many times, my greater fear, which has been articulated I don't know how many times, Thanks. is that a child walks up and thank, thank stumbles you, Mr. Wells. and falls right and there's nothing to protect Mr. Wells, my, my, you might not have heard, but my question was actually for Mr. Milano. I appreciate that you've been on the select board longer than I have, but I think what we just heard was that, um, that this was brought forward to the uh, landing committee in June of this year, at which point I was on the select board. 
um, which approved the expenditure. And so I, I, I'm looking for Mr. Milano to clarify the timeline for me and to, to explain whether or not this was actually brought forward to the select board. No, it was not. It was voted on by the landing committee. And based on that, we went forward and, and had the work completed um, and are seeking uh, to be able to pay the contractor now. OK. Um, Yes, sorry, no, I, I'm, no. I'm done, I'm done, go ahead. Ms. Brown. I don't know how much this bill is. I haven't seen the oh, bill, sorry. it's not in the packet. I have no idea how much money they voted that we should spend. I wanna also say that I happened to pop down there a couple weeks ago, a Friday evening. Both the um, uh, people from the Yacht Club were there and the rowing club. Neither of them knew anything about this new fence. Neither of them. So when we talk about talking to the neighbors, I would think that we would be talking to the actual neighbors that are using that property. And they had no idea. Um, it was quite shocking. They showed up one day and it was there. They had no warning that this was gonna happen. Um, I definitely have never heard of this or was notified since I've been on the board. And you know that's great that this project started, I don't know, 20 years ago, but it's still that we have to take into consideration if we're spending money, somebody's got to approve that. And I would think it would be the Finance Committee. That would be my guess, but I, I might be wrong in that. But I have no knowledge of this whatsoever. It definitely matches the existing fence that was already in place that I guess 88 Wharf had wanted that piece in place. And so it matches it, it looks fine. I can totally see how it would I inhibit fishing for folks. It's absolutely, I can see that. Um, and I'm just a little taken aback that no neighbor was discussed, no, it was never discussed with us. And I'm wondering, Mr. Chair, last meeting I brought up reports from subcommittees. I, as the chair of the finance committee, I give a report every time we meet. I come back, I tell you what's going on. If there's gonna be major things that are happening on subcommittees that report to our committee, I think that we need to start having some practice of them reporting because this was voted in in June. All right, so, so, so no advisory committee has any authority to spend any money. No okay. advisory committee has any authority to take any action. Um, n no one, not the finance committee, not an advisory committee, not the town administrator. Uh, has any authority to approve funding from the Milton Landing Revolving Fund other than the Select Board? Okay, okay. so that's okay. the so so um, so all advisory committees should know that they don't have authority to take any action without getting a support of the board or to spend any money without getting the support of the board. And all town employees should know that uh, that uh, advisory committees or Select Board members don't have authority to uh, initiate actions without an action of the select board. Ms. Musto and then Mr. Wells. Um, I have a question. So does this applies, you say, to all of the committees? So like master plan implementation? That's a different committee, advisory committees. This is an advisory committee to the select board. An advisory committee to the select board gives advice to the select board. That's different from the master plan implementation committee that actually has a budget. The landing committee does not have a budget. Is there a revolving fund? with that committee? Set up under the control of the select board. Okay, so could you explain how much is in that fund and do you have an accounting of that and yes, a little bit about that? Um, it's received, once after it was set up, it's the rental payments that the town, or the town has received from um, the Yacht Club really at this point. 
has been flowing to that um, revolving fund since then. Um, and so that's under the state law, you're allowed to set up revolving funds if you take in rents for leases of buildings to be used, leases of buildings or property to be used to improve um, those buildings or properties. And it's usually under the control of whatever entity controls that building or a piece of property. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Yeah, thank Mr. You. Wells. So I'm not going to debate this with all of you. As you know, Michael, I've come to this board on how many times, Mr. Milano, you and I have mm. regularly discussed. I'm not operational, you are. And as far as the bill, we approved, to Ms. Bradley's comment, everyone down there. And I'll name, I'm not going to debate this, everyone knew this was going to happen. They wanted it. I've, I've had Yacht Club members take me and shake the fence and show it to me. So I don't pull rabbits out of my hat. And the DPW came, they got it, they got an estimate. And I thought it was actually the town administrator that approved them. The bill went to the town administrator. We pulled the article. It's actually the revolving fund. It was set up for this piece of property, and this covers it. So that's where we're at. At uh, the cost, so it's $9,270, I think, from a small company in Hyde Park. Mr. Milano, do we know if there have been any other expenditures from this revolving fund that haven't been approved by the select board? I would have to pull a report and double check, but um, <clears throat> I believe some money was put into the building in prep for the CPC application that resulted in a um, couple hundred thousand dollars for that building, but I, I will verify and report back accordingly. Mr. Zoll. Uh, Mr. Milano, do you know um, for the bidding process for this fence, was this put out as a RFP where we solicited multiple bids on it? A project of this size, um, we're allowed to use sound business practices. This is an, a company that does work and uh, plows for the town. Um, it's a company that we use for small projects occasionally. Um, so under sound business practice, it's, it's okay in terms of procurement. So uh, we are being asked to approve an expenditure that has already been made. Um, essentially, we're being asked to um, approve or to ratify an unapproved expenditure from the, re from the revolving fund. To approve the 90, how much is it, Mr. Milano, 90 what? Mr. Chair. A point of order. Uh, well, let's just hear. Uh, 9276 So I'll make a motion to approve the $9,276, the new fence that was installed along the property, be paid for out of the Milton Landing Revolving Fund. Mr. Chair, point of order. Motion has been made and seconded. Mr. Zoll. Um, if Mr. Wells insists on being remote for his, these meetings, I think he should be held to the same standards of conduct which everyone else is, which is you ask for recognition from the chair to speak. You're given that recognition. You treat the chair with respect, and then you see, and then you cede back to the chair. I find that uh, his manner of interacting with this board is not helpful uh, when he's remote. And I would also encourage you to suggest to any remote participants that when they're not speaking, that they mute so that we don't get background noise from the families or friends or whomever else happens to be around. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thanks, Mr. Zolf. A fair point on the muting uh, of those who are panelists, um, so we don't, uh, we don't have uh, additional, um, additional sound. And then in terms of um, 
the uh, direction of uh, the meeting, uh, uh, that falls on me as much. So I'll, I'll, I will um, endeavor to make things a little more, more orderly. Um, we, we do allow remote, remote meetings. Uh, we do allow uh, hybrid participations, uh, hybrid participation. So uh, it's really on the chair to make sure that the meeting is run uh, smoothly, uh, including both in-person and hybrid uh, remote participation. So, um, um, uh, motion has been made and seconded. Uh, any further discussion? Uh, Mr. Zoll. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I can't vote for this because I feel like this was done improperly, um, and I, I, I'm a little um, shocked that um, that, that, that liberties. I, I know nine thousand dollars isn't a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but I feel like. We can't um, retroactively approve something that we should have had the ability to sort of say yay or nay to. So I will be voting no on this. Thank you. Other comments or questions? So I, I, I will say we, we do have a bill. Um, and the bill uh, is for work that was done, uh, whether it was uh, approved uh, um, by the proper process or not. We do have a vendor. We did work, uh, presuming to do it on to do it for the town, um, and um, 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 it seems to me uh, when you have a vendor who's done work for the town, whether it's been properly approved or not, uh, we need to pay the vendor. So, um, so that's uh, that's uh, that's what I'll say. Any Miss Bradley. Thanks so much, Mr. Chair. Um, I was just thinking about um, a warrant committee comment last year when the Council on Aging had come to them um, discussing their budget and talking about things that they needed. And multiple members of the warrant committee suggested that they hold a bake sale um, to come up with more money. And so, you know, if we're going to be suggesting that departments do that, um, I am just gobsmacked, honestly, that this vote was taken in June. It is now almost October, and none of us had heard about this. I honestly don't really know what's going on down at the landing. I had great conversations. I was down there for over an hour talking with multiple people. Um, and I, I would like to Either I, I don't know if those meetings are recorded. I just I'm I'm just I'm really struggling here because the the vendor does deserve to be paid. But I don't know how in good conscience I can say. I, I don't know, Mr. Chair. I'm just really struggling. So so I I, I will say this. Uh, um, as I said, uh, one way or another, uh, this vendor should be paid. Whether this board wants to do something different down there. That's a separate question. Right. Whether the board wants to, whether the board thinks it's a good idea to have that fence is, is really not a discussion we've had, <laughs> right? Uh, we have a recommendation, or we had a vote apparently from the landing committee. They think it's a good idea, and perhaps, perhaps it is. Uh, but it seems to me that, personally, step one is to pay the vendor and then uh, get the right process in place going forward uh, to make sure that 
uh, that no advisory committees presume to take action or spend money, and no town employee um, is put in that position to be asked by a, a, an advisory committee or a select board member to, to spend money. Uh, and then the next, so those are the, I think the first two, I think we can accomplish those two tonight. And then the next step, you know, if this board wants to look into whether it was a good idea uh, to, to put that fence up and whether something else should be different, it uh, seems to me we could do that. Other comments or questions? Ms. Oh, no? Um, all right, uh, so we have a motion uh, has been made and seconded. All those, fa are we ready to vote, Ms. Bradley? Do you, um, is there anything else we can, uh, we can uh, motion's been made and seconded. Ms. Bradley? I'm going to abstain. Um, Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Mr. Wells? Mr. Wells? Recording in progress. Oh, he might have been down or something. Do you want to ask him again? Mr. Wells? Mr. Wells? Do you want to ask him down here? So, Go ahead. You oh, cut out. Yeah, so, cut out. We're voting on the motion. On your motion. I'm voting. Yes. Am I voting? I'm not voting. No, no. We're voting on the motion. Yeah. Uh, all, uh, yes. All, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Mr. Zoll? No. And Mr. Zoll is yes. So that is a 3-1-1 three, uh, three one vote. Okay. Item 6, uh, discussion approval of uh, Select Board Landing Committee Neponset River Tour. Um, Mr. Wells, uh, you, you started on this we one. Can, and, we, so. we can defer that, Mr. Chair. We're going to defer that to the spring. Deferred. Okay. Deferred. Okay. Uh, item 7, employee appreciation lunch. I think we've had a follow-up. We, we were trying to do something for town staff, and so I think Mr. Milano has some, uh, some follow-up on that. Sure. Uh, we do have a gift account um, that we can access for this. I'll note that likely it has maybe um, one small event uh, worth of funding, um, but it's probably something we should talk about for um, sustainability into future years. Um, and other events and uh, things that the select board might want to do. Um, so, you know, if I have your approval for um, an expenditure, expenditure up to $1,000, um, I think we can pull something together over the next um, couple of weeks. Um, it, the challenge that we'll have is some, some of the entities that we're looking at have a pretty high minimum rate that is far and above what, what we would need. Um, so we've talked to some vendors and are trying to narrow down um, somebody who might be a good uh, Somebody good to bring in, um, and we'll circle back with you from there. Ms. Musto. Thank you. I'm just wondering if you've reached out to our local businesses. We w certainly will. We've reached out to a, a bunch of groups over the last few days, um, so we'll continue to follow up from there. Okay. Thank you. So, so I'll move to approve uh, an expenditure from the gift account of up to up to a thousand dollars for an, an employee a staff appreciation uh, lunch um, to be scheduled by uh, the town administrator. Um, and uh, to include um, uh, invitations to all elected officials as well. I'll second. Motion's been made and seconded. Any further discussion? Um, all those in favor, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. Mr. Zulish, yes. Okay. Uh, item eight, uh, discussion approval closing for, for warrant for December 4th special town meeting um, and a date for approving articles for inclusion in the December 4th town meeting. 
So uh, uh, we have a meeting scheduled next week, um, and we have a member who um, is unavailable next week. Since we had a meeting tonight, uh, one thing that we could do, we could put that meeting off for a week and give the planning board, for example, more time to get a warrant completed. So we could extend the warrant date to October 3rd, which, is our, which would be our next meeting. So we could, we could extend our meeting from September 26th to October 3rd and extend the warrant um, uh, approval date from September 26th to October 3rd. Uh, just a thought since we met tonight. Ms. Mustoff. Thank you. Um, when we looked at these dates, I had already put them in my calendar. And you know, we've had these, we, we knew that September we were gonna have these four dates. My question would be, could we um, keep the date that we have because I already have a sort of a conflict now because okay. I didn't assume we were going to meet that date. And can we close a warrant on the follow on the next meeting that we have in October? On the 10th? Because uh, I think it would make sense. I know Mr. Zoll <laughs> yeah. will be back and, yeah. you know. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Milano, um, uh, question on, on the 10th? I think it's tight for the the warrant committee. I, I think yeah. for the most part we know the articles by the tw by the twenty sixth. I think we'll be able to get most of them squared away, and I can transmit them over to the warrant committee on next Wednesday after our meeting on the twenty sixth. And then if anything subsequent, I, I, I don't know how you want how long you want to leave it open. I think the planning board's the only group we're really talking about here as a potential additional article yeah. at this point. All right. So so yeah. so maybe we keep the date. For the 26th, um, uh, and 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 um, um, and maybe extend the day of the warrant. Let, let, let's yeah. hear from Mr. Wells and then Ms. Mustard. So is, is closing the warrant just a quick thing? Might be just want to like have a meeting, just make a motion to close the warrant. Is that all you need? This is more procedural. Uh, well, we, we need to vote on uh, whether to include uh, some articles. We we we. How, how many we, you think? We voted to include one uh, so far. We have the article on the, um, oh, we voted yeah. to, to, to include two already. We have the, the MBT communities, we have the Conservation Commission, we also No, have, I mean, how many more do you think? How many I, I more know, do you think I'm, need I'm to be included? To, I'm getting to, it's just the way my mind works. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. No, that's sorry. fine. I'm getting to it. Uh, sometimes it takes me, sometimes I wind the road to get there. Um, so, um, uh, and the recording meeting. Uh, uh, so we have the, the, uh, the uh, article on recording meetings. We, have, we will have, I believe, a budget article yes. as well. And uh, we, we have to make a decision on the, um, the uh, historic district article, although I think we're waiting to hear from the planning board on that. So that's, uh, that's where we are. Correct. Can I? Uh, so it's Mr. about three or four, uh, 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 Richard. Yes, Mr. Zoll. I'm going to ask a newbie question. Um, so if we've voted on the recorded meetings uh, article already that's going in it wouldn't come or is the vote does it does it get revoted on so so i don't know if we've voted we voted i don't believe we voted to include the recorded meetings article in the warrant we have to okay. vote to so we voted to include the mbta communities act in the warrant we voted to include the uh, conservation commission article as part of the warrant we if we want additional articles we would need to vote to include those as part of the warrant I understand that. um all right so um so uh, sounds like we should keep the 26th um, and see where we are uh, on that. And um, I guess maybe we just go forward with the closing date for the warrant of October 26th. 
September it, 26th. It is not, it is, uh, September 26th, sorry, I'm losing it uh, later at night. Uh, but it is not atypical to reopen the warrant. So if the planning board came up with something, we could reopen the warrant and include that. Ms. Musto. So I just want to make sure that if that happened, that we would reopen that. If some article comes to us for our, that we would reopen it. Well, we'd have to, we, we're anticipating they yeah, might. We, so. We'd have to vote to reopen it, um, but I certainly would. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. so to, to have the discussion, I certainly would. I'd vote to have the discussion yeah. too. Ms. Bradley. Thank you. Um, there are specific dates that we have to hit. Yes. So at some point, there is no more opening no, the warrant. Yes, that's right. So just, I just didn't want you to think that, right, or anybody that, yeah. in TV land to think that uh, right. we just had it indefinitely. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, Mr. Chair, just in terms Mr. of Malone. the process for the warrant committee, I have already sent to them. The chair sent over the MBTA communities um, related article. I sent them the conservation article. I also sent him a thorough update on all the other articles that are kind of in motion in various stages and, and with those, that draft language. So um, we know it's a tight turnaround and we're trying to provide that information as expeditiously as, as we have it so they have it as well. All right. So it sounds like we'll keep the October, uh, September 26th meeting and keep the warrant date for now and uh, subject, to, uh, subject to change. Um, all right. Um, uh, item nine, town administrator's report. Oh, caught me off guard. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to mention the um, planning department's having another forum on EBTA communities on Monday, September 25th at 6.30 p.m. This one's at the library in the Keys Room. Um, Colin Loisel's last day was today for uh, his tenure here in Milton. He starts as the town manager in Tingsboro tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. So he's off and running, and we've posted star. Yes. <laughs> we've posted the position. So if anybody is interested, um, please reach out. Um, municipal experience would be great, but not at all a requirement. Happy to train the right person. So if anybody's interested, please share that and uh, have them reach out with any questions to myself. And that's it for me, Mr. Chair. All right. Thank you. Um, I, I, I had uh, item 10 is the chair's report. I had something and I don't remember what it was. I didn't write it down, so we'll have to get it. I'm sure it was just fabulous, but I'm sure we'll have to have it next time. So we have nothing further on the chair's report. Item 11, 11 future meeting dates. We, oh, Ms. Brown. Thank you. For the future meeting dates, I just want folks to know that Monday, October 9th, is a holiday. And so, therefore, that Tuesday for me ends up being a Monday schedule. So okay. I will not be here on the, the 10th. Um, if needed, I could possibly zoom in from the library basement at school, um, but I just wanted folks to know that. Is it does it does it does it make sense? And I know it would be a lot of meetings. Does it make sense then to move the tenth up to the third in case we have more? In she case can't we do have, oh, you can to the third. Yeah. Yes, well, you can. Okay, I, fair enough. No, 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 Roxanne, absolutely. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. No, well, I'm just just mm -hmm. trying to throw, just yeah. trying to see if we can com accommodate everyone. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have to stick to the dates. Um, all right. right. Um, so that's what we'll do. Um, and that's all we have. Unless there's anything further. I'll, I'll make, make a motion to adjourn. I'll second. Motion's been made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those favor, Ms. Bradley. Yes. Ms. Musto. Yes. Mr. Wells. Mr. Wells? Yes, sorry. Mr. Zoll. Yes. And Mr. Zoll is yes. Thank you all, uh, and we will return uh, next Tuesday, September 26th at uh, 
7 p.m. and we will we would we will wish Mr. Zoll well on his coming nuptials. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>